If you want to go further and add some fun and versatility into your hunting program, check out Can-Am's Defender. Pretty soon I'm headed to my buddy Doug's, and we're going to be running around in Doug's Can-Am because it's like, it's fun. You can get around quietly, easily, all over his property. It's just versatile. Oh, I love it. To find your next Can-Am or to shop online and get serious about backcountry travel, Visit canamoffroad.com. Turn something that you kind of dread driving around into something you love. Visit canamoffroad.com. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. years old right now and as long as the put this in the podcast phil start over start over everybody chester (laughs) merry christmas (laughs) merry christmas everybody everybody's here chester was just starting to tell something and i thought it was so interesting sounding that i thought that everyone should hear yeah so wisconsin is like the the state for a lot of drinking a lot of drinking going on but as a kid are you sure I'm I'm sure about that. When I when I was in Wisconsin, there a lot of drinking going on in Wisconsin. (laughs) No, I'm going to do states with highest alcohol. The truth about Wisconsin consumption. (laughs) It's got to be up. I heard when I was in Wisconsin this year for rifle season, I heard that uh, there's more brandy consumed in one county of Wisconsin than in the rest of the country. Hmm. What county? I wouldn't put it past them because they like it throwing it in an old fashioned, like a. Brandy old fashioned sweet is a popular one. Or uh, Chester, you're right and you're wrong. Okay. Number eight. Number well, there's eight. There's 50 states. What's number one? New Hampshire. Really? Really? Hmm. 4.67 gallons per person. Delaware, 3.52 gallons per person. A year? Small states. Nevada. Number three, that makes sense. 3.42 gallons. Montana's number five. So you would have to start your story by saying something like, Wisconsin. What did I say? Uh, with less drinking than where we're sitting now. What did I say? <laughs> but, but still, still more, quite a bit. <laughs> still more than 40 other states. Yeah, eight out of 50 ain't bad. I guess what I mean is people remember like to drink. Two out of three. 
people eight like out of fifty ain't bad. No, but um, go on. People like to drink there, and I don't. I think this is legal. Don't quote me on this, but it happens all the time. <laughs> when, <laughs> but you're quoting yourself because <laughs> this is re- this is recorded. This will exist until the internet stops. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Go on. It, right? <laughs> Don't screw right, it up. Right now, if you're like, if it's okay with the bar and the bartenders, if you're in a bar with your parents, let's say you're eight years old and they let you have a beer, and as long as it's okay with your parents and you're with your parents and the bartender's like, yep, give them Miller, you can drink. Hmm. Hmm. Here's the problem with a story like that. <laughs> is that it can't be true. It's, Usually it's, you just say, you don't say. No, it's like, <laughs> it's so easy to find out if that's true or not. It'll just take a second. Yeah, Google it. But I I'm, think that it was illegal, but I think that's just how you were brought no, up. No, it, it, it is true, and I know why. Uh, because There's I, no drinking age if you're with your parents. Because Kyle Rittenhouse, the dude in the Kenosha thing. Sure. There was a big story that he was seen in a bar with his parents drinking beer um despite being underage so that makes because his folks how does that make it true because it was observed yeah but i could observe you stealing my shit that wouldn't make it no 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 no. it it wasn't like he was observed doing something like illegal it was like this is a thing that happened and then the story i believe had an amendment amendum addendum addendum in it saying you can do that in wisconsin Hmm. hmm Again, love it. Who's on Google? It's just so easily <laughs> Brody, solvable. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to get there. Brody's good research. No shit. Yes, persons under age 21 may possess and consume alcoholic beverages if they're with their parents. Hell yeah, wow. that's a great no, law. I look like a schmuck. Chester, you're right all along. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I I figured I was, but I am saying stuff online where it'll be around forever. You know, just like you said. So with Kyle Rittenhouse, someone pointed out like, well, (laughs) here's what I'll tell you. And they somehow made it pertinent. Like, uh, I don't understand what. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) What? uh, So that was just, I I, I can't remember what we were talking about, Chester. Well, we were just talking about drinking. Oh. And. uh, What are you you making there, Kryn? Kryn's making a not Christmas drink. It's a very. It's it's pretty Christmassy. It's a Kevin's fancy meat eater fancy pants cocktail. It's got um, hibiscus syrup in it, which hibiscus is a, a flower that folks from the Caribbean make a beverage out of with uh, cloves and cinnamon called mm-hmm. Sorel. I've had that. So That's it's good. like a Sorel syrup with um, lemon juice. Uh, Madeira Circial, which is a port fortified, like dry port wine from Portugal. And the main ingredient is Satal from Desert Door, which is a distillery in Driftwood, Texas. That we went there. We went there. Yep. Um, and they, the, the beverage's name is Satal, which is the same name Satole. of the plant. Satal, which is the same name as the plant. It looks kind of like. Looks like agave. Agave, but it's not. yep. Um, and these dudes. Can I say a quick word yeah, about these no, guys? Do, take it away. So their their satol is from wild satol. It's not like they don't grow it in an agave farmer plantation. 
They go out to big ranches. They'll go out and strike a deal with a rancher and clear like some percentage of the Satoll on a place. That's cool. And then they ferment that shit and make that Satoll. Oh, it's good, man. It's you like it? Good. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It's real good. So, wasn't that? That was fun. Remember they made us all that food? Oh, it was great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Jesse Griffiths um, was associated. He's got some of his food. That was the day I snuggled, snuggled a baby orcs. Yeah, right. That was a big oh. day. Big we day. Did, we did Saw a, a dinosaur lot of tracks. things. Yeah. Saw the Satoll place. We did a lot of things. Yeah, it was like a, we had like an adventure day. Texas yeah. tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of like that when you go down there with Jesse. <clears throat> yeah. So, he wasn't with us though. Oh, he wasn't? No, not. Yeah. We like just missed him. But so Kevin um, created the recipe for this cocktail. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and if you guys want to try it, you'll have all the info there. And uh, Desert Door actually just uh, made their web shop live. So it's basically just shopdesertdoor.com. And they're a really cool distillery. They're really interested in conservation. They have a nonprofit wing called Wild Spirit Wild Places. Since the Satal is wild harvested, they really, um, you know, it's it's important to them to keep the landscape healthy so this wild plant continues to grow. Great. Delicious hey, guess cocktail, what's, guess what? Guess Good what job. state drinks the least? Let's the more you think go. about it, the more you'll get the answer right. Oh, it's got to be some place with, with, like, dry counties, right? said Utah? Utah. Yeah. Good work, bro. Listen, though, you know what? Trivia Those channel. guys stick to their yeah. guns. And he's smart. Remember when I was naming all the <laughs> drinking amounts? Okay, so 1.35 gallons of alcohol consumption per capita. That's 1.35. As opposed to the winner at 4.67. Five times as drunk in that state. Hmm. Where's Pennsylvania sit on the list? I'm curious. Somewhere in the vast middle, man. Because this goes to number 10, which is South Dakota. That's and then as you... a little tidbit, they throw in the least. Yeah, that's because it's hard to buy beer gas stations in Pennsylvania. Such oh, pain. Chester, here's this will help your story, buddy. What city drinks the most alcohol? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Vegas. Nope, nope. Madison. Kenosha. Green Bay. Twenty six point five percent of the drink of the out of adults in that place, by definition, drink excessively. Most of it happens on, on the Sunday. ice or on the water, yeah. or <laughs> or a Sunday Lambeau Field. Yeah, or Lambeau Field. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what state drinks the most beer? Mm, Mississippi in New Hampshire. Really? They're drinking 41.5 gallons of beer per person. Per year? And the king of beers is their favorite beer. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be a warm state. Yeah. Oh, this is surprising. Who you- the Christmas podcast gone <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> no. Hey. Okay. Here's one you'll never guess. Here's one. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are drinking no right the, now listening listen, to this. No one yeah, in this room will guess this. It. No one in this room will guess Come this. Come on, okay. try us. Bring it on. What state drinks the most wine? No one will get this. It's not going to be California. Yeah. Ah, I gave it away. You're right. I should have said everyone will get it. California? 
Are you serious? It's not California. Oh. No one's going to get it. Indiana. Delaware. Virginia. <laughs> okay, hold on. Yanni? I'm going to go to round room. Yanni? Uh, Washington, D.C. That's not a state. Oh. New Jersey. I don't know. Hunter? Virginia. Corinne? Mm, Washington State. Phil? I'm going to say Florida. That sounds like a weird choice. Oh, no. That's a great choice. Just a lot of old people. Yeah. Old wine drinkers. Oh, yeah. That is good, Phil. Minnesota. Aiden? Connecticut. Oh. Brody. He's going Nevada. People with wine cellars in Connecticut. High, high, high dollar. Mm. Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, nowhere to go. Yep, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to how low it is. This is it's surprise. So Idaho drinks the most wine per capita, but it's they're only drinking 1.21 gallons. They're only drinking 1.2 gallons of wine per person in Idaho. A year. But in New Hampshire, they're doing 4.67 gallons of beer per person. I guess it makes sense because it's three times stronger. Everyone in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm like, uh, every, like every single person in New Hampshire. <laughs> no, per night. That's great. an average. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many bush lights do Seth and I have uh, on a weekly basis when we're working in the garage? No. Uh, here, here, I wanna, I wanna play something for people. Like this old. I'm probably the only one that remembers this. The, I'm the only one that's old enough. Um. You know the guy sitting to your left. You're constantly calling old. Oh <laughs> no, he's he's off the ageism thing. Oh, now. that's right. I forgot. Okay, Sorry. Uh, yeah. I got a call from HR. HR came. <laughs> 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 I was like, Brody, sounds like you. Nope, this is HR. <laughs> Lay off, Brody. <laughs> it's it's Christine. I just got a cold. Yeah. <laughs> Brody thinks it's funny, but everybody else has had enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good sport about it. Oh. But other people are really getting upset. <laughs> Crying themselves to sleep at night. <laughs> okay, who remembers this? Nothing brings back warm holiday memories like the songs and carols you love. And only Time Life's Treasury of Christmas brings you all your favorite holiday songs in one collection. Dude, I, I watched that thousands of times on accident when I was a kid. So what Do you remember that? that? What, what is it? <laughs> you watched the commercial? The Time Life... Okay, it's a long story. Do you know about this? I mean, I, I feel like I remember what you just played from my youth. Okay, well, Hay okay. Hayden has single-handedly... Have you done all the lyrics? Dude, I've created a monster. Yeah, I did. Hayden has single-handedly <laughs> rewritten every Christmas song to have a hunting and fishing theme. Oh. Every, every one. Every one in the canon. So many. Broad strokes. That were, that were, <laughs> so many that were making one of these commercials with, uh, we're making one of these commercials. We're making a Time Life, two CDs or two <laughs> whatever, cassettes yeah. of all the rewritten holiday songs. Oh, that's great. It's distressing. You haven't heard me. any of this yet? I, briefly, but I didn't know you guys were going that far into it. If there are any well, listeners to the, of the Wired to Hunt podcast, you've definitely oh, yeah. heard it. Maybe too many times. <laughs> I'm not. No, I have nothing to do with it. I just, I'm, just a, I'm just a cheerleader. All I did all I did in it was I told him that, that he has to get some female vocalists because it can't just be the same two people singing all the songs. That was my input. Because my favorite one is, um, you guys, see, you guys still didn't take my advice on it. You're going to do it? 
Maybe it's cold outside. Yeah, and it's a risque song. <laughs> like it is. I don't know how it's still in the holiday canon. Well, it's been. Um, it's been canceled. Well, yeah, no, it hasn't been canceled. They've, they've, no, they're trying real hard. Like Michael Bublé <laughs> and John Legend have re-recorded it with uh, unproblematic lyrics, oh. and it's and like it's it's not. It's I mean it's really bad. Oh, but, thank God. But like, because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a guy. It's a Christmas song. There's a guy. He uh, his he has a female guest. She would really like to leave. He's discouraging her from leaving and saying, "Just have some more drinks." Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely skeevy, but I think <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can let the song exist and acknowledge that it's it's skeevy without recording eight new versions that are sound oh, no, terrible. No, no, listen, I'm not looking to cancel that song. We just song. need one yeah. new version that's hunting related. I'm not looking to cancel exactly. that song. However, however, it was brought up when we talked about doing it. It was brought up that I, I was like, okay, someone brought up like, but you're kind of like goofing on... What are you guys? What are you guys having a side deal about? <laughs> we're working on our, our, our. We're going to add to this conversation. Okay. Okay. It's so, going to be okay. It was brought up how the song has has become like kind of a joke, right? It's like a. It's a. You know, this guy's trying to. A lady's trying to leave, and he's like, "No, oh, you know, it's very cold outside. I'll stay and have some more drinks." You know that happens in Wisconsin all the time, yeah. but there's no malicious intent. Yeah, just like, 13 it's and 14 year olds. It's it's just, just, it's no, the, no, they're like it's no. the third most no. state where that happens. No, no, there's no malicious intent. It's like no, no, have another old fashioned, please. Let me make you another one. And they're like, no, but I gotta go. You're like, it's cold. They're like, okay, I'll have yeah. one more. That's like it sounds no. so charming when you use that accent. Yeah. Like it's 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 snowing. Wait for the plows come to yeah. clear the road. There's yeah. no malicious intent yeah. at all. Oh, I got one for you. Do you know what? Um, you know, you know what's? Uh, I know we're in the middle of a story, but I remember reading states that have the most uh, hypothermia, huh. and there's there's a surprise in there. Like Arizona? I think it's like it's like oh yeah, it goes like yeah, it's probably desert Alaska, state. New Mexico. Um, yep. Montana or something like that. Was that a trivia question? No, but I have a theory about it. Well, I don't want to get into my theory about it. Anyhow, so oh. after we're done, I'll do it. When Phil turns the machine off. Um, so he re- re- so so the 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 cold outside song. Someone I was he, he redid it. Hayden rewrote it. Where it's someone wants to go home from hunting, mm-hmm. but someone's forcing them to stay. Yeah. And I and I was like, well it should be like a, you know, I should it should be like a guy wants to stay hunting but his wife wants to go home. And everybody's like, that sex it. So I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so now you guys are going to do it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to do a quick pause. This is like this is how this we, is how cutting edge this show is. We have a same sex couple. Well, we we did in fact have Austin from accounting. <laughs> Serious break aside from the podcast. Austin from accounting did come in and sing the song. Oh, she's not here right now. Can I hear a little taste, a little teaser? I just have the raw files. I haven't put them to music yet. So, okay. So, so you guys, she's so, a really nice singer. So we can either play. Well, you know what I said to my credit. To my credit, I said okay. Have it be that the woman wants to stay and the guy wants to go home. Which is isn't that what what we did, Hayden? No. Oh, okay. I was just saying, I don't care how you do it. I don't care what the dynamic is. I just thought like a duet should be a man and a woman. Oh, so you're more like on like the the ethos of a duet, less the ethos of the content of this song. I just feel that when I'm listening to a duet, it should be a man and a woman. Of this nature, yes. Yeah. 
I don't care who's on what side. A little Johnny and June Carter. Sure. Yeah. I don't care who's on what side. If it's two guys singing, I don't count it as a duet. No, it's kind of a harmony at that point, yeah. right? Two yeah. dudes can't har- duet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it's you got the most one, you got the most wonderful time to kill deer uh, queued up. I can. Okay, yeah. so hold on. so they did the whole. How how long is it going to take you to find it? I, I, should do, I no, we're going to do it. We're, just, we're going to ease into it. For instance, the most <laughs> wonderful. Okay, for instance, ease into it. Okay, for instance, the most. What's that Christmas Carol? The most wonderful time of year. Yeah, yeah something like that. Well, uh, what is the name of the song? Alternative title. Time of the the year. Year. Yeah. Okay. Classic. Is well, Hayden rewrote it as the most wonderful time to kill, kill deer. deer. Yeah. Oh, play it. Play a snippet. Boys, good to see you. Ooh. Hayden, it's been a while. Hey, sorry I'm late. I crashed my Pontiac Aztec into a light pole and had to walk the rest of the way, but I'm here now. That's what matters. Can you get me a glass of scotch, please, Hayden? Just two rocks in there. I don't like ice. <laughs> We're starting already. <laughs> this is happening. Okay, just give me the give me the glass. Thank you. Okay, here we go. It's the most wonderful time to kill deer. With the rut now just starting and dashing oh, yeah. and dotting and planes <laughs> cutting clear. It's the most wonderful time to kill deer. There's far too much ice in this glass. <laughs> it's the half happy. All right, so there's that one. Oh, no, no, that is amazing. There's got to be at least 12. Well, I want to go through the whole catalog. Bleeding and cold fronts and sleeting <laughs> the last weeks of fall. It's the half happiest season of all. Bill, the pipes. This is amazing. And bragging and boasting in right truck there. beds with big bucks in tow. <laughs> There'll be narrow missed stories and tales of near glories of Booner Bucks missed with our bows. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time crush to kill deer. Not just one, maybe two. <laughs> There'll be no doze of blowing and luminox glowing and blood trail so clear. It's the most wonderful time to kill deer. Hey, excuse me. Can I have a napkin, please? I just spilled some scotch on my loafers. <laughs> I can't have dirty loafers in the studio. Yeah, well, thank you. Tailgate beers for drinking and big bucks of slinking and chasing and scent checking doze. They'll be fighting and scraping and no more escaping an arrow shot true hitting home. Key change? What? No one told me that. It's the most wonderful time to kill deer. I was very unprepared for this. There'll be much morning sitting and cold fronts are hitting the dawn crisp and clean. It's the most wonderful time. Oh, the most wonderful time. Yes, the most wonderful time to kill deer. There's too much ice in the glass. Two rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Phil. That's amazing. I've got a Phil. lot of questions and comments. <laughs> One, it's called, it's I'm, called I'm, Treasury of Christmas. I'm really in the spirit now. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm that feeling it big time. I'm fired up. But my question is, is the is the character that you're playing that's singing that is that Sinatra? 
Oh, I was I was, oh, I was going that, for a Rat Pack thing. Yeah, uh, it was no one specific. Okay, okay, okay. More drinks are being poured. Everybody <laughs> wait, likes wait, the drink. I gotta, uh, <laughs> That's the unfold picture. Uh, hit me with the other songs. What what else is on there? Jesus. So we're gonna do. That's the only one that's completed. All the other ones where Hayden and I have we've recorded a couple and we're recording more either today or tomorrow. Okay, do the do the together. duet. <laughs> so is this going to be like a legit CD? <clears throat> no, it's going to be. It's going to be a joke commercial that we like drop on Instagram or whatever. But you, but you can't actually buy the product, dude. That was probably great. should have the product. Well, well thanks, will the full <laughs> song be available on like at least to listen to oh, on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know you don't like things that go viral, but that's going to go viral. Well, yeah, you should. Uh, so, uh, yeah. how, how you guys going to? How you guys going to? So, when people hear the commercial and they hear all the songs, yeah, Hayden, Hayden wrote out. He didn't write a. So he wrote a full version for "Most Wonderful Time to Kill Deer," and then for the rest of the songs, he just wrote kind of like thirty second snippets that you would hear in a time life commercial. You know, it just kind of goes do, does the montage thing. Uh, yeah. So we're not going to have full songs of everything. Well, who's got the damn list? Who's got the list? Uh, Hayden, I mean, Hayden wrote the list. I've got the list in front of my face. Though. Okay, hit me with a couple. Yeah. Okay. So we've got uh, "Okay, We'll Go in Five. That's what we're gonna do right that's now. That's baby. It's okay. Play it's that. Okay, we're going five. <laughs> I don't. That's one of the ones that's not done. No, you guys are gonna. Do it no, you guys are gonna do it together right now. We're doing it live. <laughs> who's which? You guys is playing the um. Who's playing the person that wants to go? Phil is. Phil wants is to go. Is that the first, the first person? Yeah, you're in? the first person. I'm in. I'm in the parentheses uh, here. Phil's the guy that already killed. So he's like, yeah. I, is, I, I go out with Hayden. I'm a way better yeah. hunter. That's true. I so yeah. I already notched my tag. Okay, so this is playing Car off of play a snippet of the play a snippet of the song, Phil, just to remind people what that it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> didn't have that queued up. <laughs> here, I'll play it. Hold yeah, it's like, it's got it right here. Here we go. But baby, it's cold outside. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop in. I'll hold your hands, they're just like ice. Beautiful. Anyway, we probably shouldn't play this much copyrighted music. (laughs) (laughs) Fade that out. Yeah, we're talking about it. It's cultural commentary. Yeah, commentary, review. So, there's that famous Christmas song, which has become less famous by the second. Okay, now do you guys' version. Okay, so Hayden, I'm going to, you've got to come in at a weird time. So, I'm going to play the song. You know, in that song, though, I just realized she comes by his house. Yeah, man, this is a great look. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? So, this is a great look. Keep keep going. Well, no, imagine (laughs) that uh, he showed up at her house. Yeah, that'd be weirder. You're well, right. yeah. <laughs> like you really can't like, come in here, man. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, it'd be like even foot, weirder. Foot in the door, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's good that he's doing that. But I'm saying I just never caught. I'm pointing out I never caught <clears throat> she had come by his house. That's right. I, I want to make a joke and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Hayden, you ready? Yeah, sure. So, what are you doing for <laughs> musical accompaniment? You're just playing off a of karaoke. Well, Brody's gonna home. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I really can't stay. Okay, we'll go in five. I'm done for today. Okay, we'll go in five. This whole time I've been 
We just need some just wind. Just cold as fuck. Just five more minutes, I think. I you hear said ten o'clock, but it's almost noon. They'll come back to water soon. I'm hungry and I'm cold and I'm bored. Baby, just five minutes more. I'm done for today. But okay, okay we'll, we'll go, go in five. <laughs> There's got to be more to it than that. Well, it's only for the... Yeah, we, imagine we only these all little... string together for the commercial. It's That's all that's along. Oh, you guys didn't write any more than that. No. <laughs> no. Oh. What have you been doing? Maximizing efficiency. <laughs> that was great. I think there's going to so be... So is it out now? Even though, like, because there's a weird time travel thing happening here. Yeah, it should be out now. If it's not, I'll cut this out. When this out. releases, it'll be out now. You guys yeah. are filming the final parts tomorrow. Thursday. Yep. You're filming the final parts on Thursday. Yeah. Whatever it is, go to my Insta. It'll probably be, we'll have it all around. It'll be at my Instagram. At Steve in Ranella. Time like treasury music. Speaking of Christmas, uh, in a lot of places it's cold at Christmas, and the guy wrote in, um, pointed, had an interesting thing to point out. And I thought about this the other day. Uh, in the wintertime, in the, how to not be a surface shitter in the winter. I was thinking about this recently, but then where I dug down, I wound up kicking down a hole through the snow and dug down, and I was down into pine duff, which is totally fine in the winter. But not everybody has that luxury. Ground is frozen. How do you not be a surface shitter? Find a rock. Mm. Rock's frozen in. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. Okay, check around. (laughs) Fight it off for a few hours. You know, try to hold her off. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not, that's what, not a, a real answer. Come what, on. What do you guys think about on the ice, though, when you're ice fishing? Well, drill I see all the time where people tr- try to, they drill a hole, lay a deuce in there, but they can't get it. It just is in the hole. Then it just freezes in the surface of the hole because you got to figure out how you're going to get it over, down, and over. That's a shitty fishing spot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like <laughs> good you got to sink the cake like you do when you're cutting a Yeah, but that's not hole. easy to do. No, no. It kind of goes against the, the spirit of not polluting water sources, yeah. too, even if, sure you, even if you do get it in there. Because you're not even talking about going by a lake. You're talking about, like, going in the lake. I, to, I'll point out, I have never actually done that. I, I always have. go. I always go up towards shore. I've had to. Not towards shore, on shore. When you're out on like Lake Winnebago or something way out there, you you guys go into the hole. Have to. Well, I drill a hole halfway through. Oh, make and a little just, bucket. Just get a little bit of water coming up, so it'll freeze because you can like poke the bottom of your auger. Yep. So there's still slush, and then it freezes over. It still, you know, kind of sucks because. Once you get a lot of people out there, think about all the people pooping on the surface of the ice. Well, then wouldn't you Yeah, use and then you're like, drilling holes into someone's frozen turd. Yeah, wouldn't you well, use, no, like... Well, no one's going to re-tap your hole. I'm never going swimming in Lake Winnebago. <laughs> but then what, you know what? what about Lake Steve's technique, like, pooping from the video, like, pooping in the Ziploc bag, and then if you're in an ice shanty, like, and it's cold, it might freeze. But that's, the, you know, the later. problem with that advice is... What? It's great advice, but people aren't going to do that. Why not? They're not going to carry people poop don't. around. It's like the same way when you go to an area where like river, certain river stretches, monument stretches, you're not allowed, you're supposed to bring your poop out mm-hmm. and you go there and it's just bombed with poop. Like 
a lot of people aren't going to do it. It's great advice, but you also, it's like a little bit, I have to look at like, what are people really going to do? And I think that for most ice fishermen, for you to suggest that most ice, that most ice fishermen bag it and haul it out is, I feel it's great, but I think it's unrealistic. Well, they carry coolers out there. You can just have, well, that's what I was going to say. Realistic. You could, you could bring one of those bucket shitters that they use on river trips. Yeah. You know, I didn't know, but I personally have a very close friend who just has one in his truck because he'd rather go that route than mm-hmm. pull off the side of the road and run into the woods and deal with digging yep. in a hole or flipping a rock. He's like, yeah, I just got a bucket back here, shit in this bag, and the next time I, I'm stopped by and <laughs> see a dumpster, there it goes. Hmm. And so I, I hear he what you're saying. Like I, control- I feel that he has a control problem. He is, I think, like a lot of people, a, a person that certainly defecates more than once or twice a day, you know, yeah, especially, sure. you know, it's just, it's a thing. It's, it's, I think it's pretty normal these days in the United States, at but, least. But I, I, I'm shaken up by how genius Chester's idea, I'd call it vault in one. <laughs> yeah. What like you, picture you got 18 inches ice. Yeah, but you t- drill. <laughs> no, hear me out. You got 18 inches ice. Gross. <laughs> hear me out. Listening. You're not giving me time. Because this this is gonna I'm gonna verge into microbiology here. Okay. And perhaps a microbiologist can write us in. You got 18 inches ice. You you tap down 15 inches and make a vault. Okay. Get all that shavings out of there. Okay. Defecate. That means you know <laughs> if you guys know that word. Defecate down in there. Then. Pack the shavings back down on her. You vault it. Because I feel as though in that extreme scenario, the microbes won't last. It's a death sentence. Maybe so, but we'd need to confirm with a bona fide. What is that stuff they put Han Solo in? Carbonite. Carbonite, yeah. <laughs> or get a block of carbonite. <laughs> I still think a bucket's a better option than. Dropping shits in into a lake. Yeah, but I, I hadn't thought of that. Just something about it seems so tidy. Like, <laughs> like if you did what if you did a hole and then and then ice caked it, you'd kind of be thinking about uh, a under view looking up, and it's it, what like later that night laying in bed, you'd be thinking about what you did. If you vaulted one, like I'm talking about with this half hole situation. Laying in bed at night, you'd feel that that was a tidy little remedy. Okay, but let's say you do that. Let's say you do that. You're like, no one's going to find it? Let's say you do that March 1st, and the ice starts to rot the third week of March. But, you know, it's still fishable, and you're out there, and... I'd have to hear from a microbiologist. No, but I'm saying like that stuff would slowly start becoming exposed. And And there's three Ranella kids (laughs) running around the ice. (laughs) And they're like, no. And they always somehow end up in a hole. (laughs) No, I think... I think there is a better option with like a bucket. Mud out here on this lake. (laughs) I think there is a better option with a bucket or something. But sometimes, like, you just gotta go. And the last thing that you should do is go on top of the ice because oh, then for sure. your teepee's blowing it. over, I'd which ice you, cake it. you see on Lake Winnebago. You'll see teepee flying across the ice all the time Jeez. because there's that many people out there. But I think, I think a, it'd be hard pressed to get somebody to do the Ziploc or the bucket, but 
a lot of times when you're dealing with ethics questions, it comes out to, it's like, um, I love them, but it's like, what should you do? Yes, you should have a bucket with the bags. You can go down to Sportsman's Warehouse, any sporting goods store, and who even makes that bucket? Oh, you can find them any. I mean, it's, it's like just a common, a re- yeah, it's a common it's camp. snap-on toilet lid on any five-gallon five-gallon bucket. bucket with a little with a little snap-on toilet lid, you and you get these little bags. baggies. It's like a gray, heavy-duty garbage bag Ziploc, and it's got a magical powder in it. Yep. And look, like yeah, it's inconvenient, but it's worth being inconvenient. Like, like I don't think we should be making excuses because, like, oh well, you know, it's hard to poop in a bucket. Like, bucket, bring a bucket. Oh, like, that's a great slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a man, t-shirt. Like start, I know. That's a t-shirt in a minute. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think we should be giving people an out. Like, I agree. Flippin' jigs, flippin' jigs, flip jigs at docks. Slip owner pissed, he says we're catching his fish. It's public water, it's for everyone. Go ahead and call the game warden up. Flippin' jigs, flippin' jigs, flip jigs at docks. With largemouth they hide and the bait fish swim by. Lunkers and shadows suspended on logs. Fill the live well with hogs. You can go further with Can Am. I'm telling you, man, I don't care if you're hunting on a farm, hunting on a ranch, hunting out on public. Cruising up and down the beach down in Baja, out in the desert in Sonora where we hunt coos deer. Riding a Can-Am is just funner than riding a vehicle. Everything about it's better. And you can check these two models out, the Defender. This is the undefeatable workhorse from Can-Am. Because like you, it never quits in the face of the toughest work. And it's got HVAC, which keeps you protected from the elements. And you enjoy the perfect temperature when it's freezing cold or real hot. Heavy-duty Rotax engine. With a class-leading 69 pound-feet of torque. And check this out. Up to 2,500 pounds towing capacity. The Outlander 500 or 700. This is an all-capable workhorse. Nothing you can't overcome. HD5, HD7 engines that power through any job. Engineered with the strength, features, and build to never let you down. So you're getting reliability and a quality build ready for any job with 125 accessory options. To find your next Can-Am or to shop online, visit canamoffroad.com slash hunting. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. 
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey everybody, I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who over recent months... I've become friends with, and my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, Watch that video, and in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, They're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company. Working knives for working people. 10% off with code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. What kind of fish will barely fight? Wally are the fish that will barely fight. What kind of fish are overhyped? Wally are the fish that are overhyped. Overhyped, barely fight. Must be walleye, must be walleye, must be walleye, those wet socks. Brody, when you go ice fishing though, right now, you probably... Don't bring a bucket. No, right? we go to what shore. Guys... We go to shore. Yeah, Small every... enough lakes. Well, yeah. well, well, big lakes, we go to shore. Yeah, but I mean, if I would like, I'm carrying a bunch of other stuff. Carrying a bucket. Is it say ni- I bet ninety percent ice fishermen have a bucket. Chester, I was a ice fishing when you were a glint in your mama's eye, and let me tell you something. Never shat on the ice. That's impressive. <laughs> Ever. But you're thinking about shitting in it. I mean, now that, I, uh, now yeah. that Chester turned me on to that idea, I'm intrigued. I, I don't like going on the ice, but there's been a couple occasions when you just got to go. So grab the auger rather oh, yeah. than going on top yeah. and do that. Yeah, like let's say like, you put it like this. Let's say someone came, to, let's say a, 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 a godlike figure came down and said, I'm going to, you better go, you better defecate on the ice right now. Kill you. In that situation, I think vaulting it is better than surfacing. Definitely, it. you'd be like, "Let me get this clear: <laughs> on the ice or in the ice?" That's my, that's my favorite story from the Old Testament. It's like it's the ghost of Christmas. Past. We're just trying to encourage large-scale, good outdoor pooping you well, know, habits. Do you like, guys know? Okay, we've you know it's appropriate. Okay, it's weird. I was gonna make a joke. I shouldn't have made Deuteronomy. Okay, we've covered this on the podcast before, but I'm going to recover it. Deuteronomy 23, 12 to 14 from the good book. This is not a joke. Deuteronomy 23, 12 to 14 in the good book. You shall also, I'm quoting from the Bible, 
You shall also have a place outside the camp and go out there and you shall have a spade among your tools. And it shall be when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it and shall turn to cover up your excrement. Since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you, therefore your camp must be holy and he must not see anything indecent among you or he will turn away from you. Final word. Huh? That is that, yeah. It, 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 it gives me all kind of, I, it, it gives it, you the chills. No, no, it doesn't, it doesn't give me the chills. Okay, what's it give you then? <laughs> Just, come on. I don't know if it's time for this, but <laughs> it just seems to me that like, man, that'd be a good thing for a dude to write in a book if he wanted to keep the masses clean and tidy with rules of all sorts of things. So not hitting. Oh, so you're saying one of the authors, one of the, was like, you know, I'm just going to throw in here because it drives me crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And not only does it drive you crazy, but it kills a lot of people, makes a lot of people sick. In general, p- these people are a bunch of, you know, dirty, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Crin, what, what are you saying now? <laughs> what I was adding to the notes. A food additive. Okay, so uh, Chester mentioned TP, and I was wondering, well, so I think I discovered a hot tip. A hot tip on not needing toilet paper, which might help, you know, things, is psyllium fiber, which is a soluble fiber that comes in Metamucil. But if you actually buy like a whole container of raw psyllium fiber mm-hmm. and you take much more than is necessary, your poop will come out kind of like halfway between jello and like a sausage casing. Great. And you will probably not need TP. That's mm. look at I that bad boy. Look at that bad boy right outside of Brody Shane. I wonder what the, I wonder what the side effects of that, of that, that are. No, no that side effects. Really? No side effects at all. It's like a natural it's just like a natural soluble fiber and it will it absorbs water so it comes out cases like, are up yeah it really does case her up so for example like <laughs> i've given it to my dog uh like he has he has diarrhea for example right so he's Always. like maybe no oh. <laughs> no no just like he you know let's say he, let's has say he no. had diarrhea and so it might like be coming out real watery if i give him a lot of psyllium fiber and he like happens to have an accident inside the house, it comes out like a soft gel encased sausage. And I can just pick the whole thing up and discard. Wait, is, it, that. Is, it, is that just like, is, is that fiber? Is, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, it's, 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 it, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. Okay, so chia seeds. If you've ever had chia mm. seeds soaking in water, yeah, kind of a, the, they oh, become gelatinous yeah. oh, yeah. on yeah, the outside. Exactly so you're... Your poop will come out like that. Dude, so would you ever be so concerned, like, would you ever do that to make your backwoods clean up? I, I've totally done it. Wow. It's great. It's really yeah, but that's another thing season. that the masses oh, aren't going to do. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'm not you go down and you're like, I need a dozen waxies. <laughs> if psyllium fiber. Psyllium fiber. I promise. I promise. It's in like a twelve, in a twelve pack of <laughs> Mick Ultras. Like <laughs> The guy checking out says, Go on ice fishing. <laughs> Here, you're going to need these, too. I promise. It you is, nice with Brody? <laughs> it is life-changing. It is life-changing, guys. I, I do just order wa- it on Amazon or get it from your health food store. Tell me again the name of it. Psyllium Fiber. P-S- P-S-Y-L-I-U-M. So you're, you, you get this psyllium fiber. You mm-hmm. just go. You pick up. Put it in your pocket. No well, toilet paper. <laughs> is this I mean, like? Is, you, is this? No, I feel no, like you this take it. You, you eat can, it. Right? No, yeah. I'm saying. You, yes. Oh, but what, when you go, like, you just like pick little, it up and throw put, it on the dash. I put a bunch oh. of like <laughs> tablespoons or kind of like a half cup or more in a little Ziploc bag, and it's kind of tasteless. If you you need to like chug water or a beverage with it really quickly. If you wait for, I don't know, a minute or two, the that mix with the liquid will like jellify. Mm. So you want to get it down quickly or else it'll be difficult to like consume. Consume it. Yep. Yep. So is it, this like a thing like do like through through hikers or like is it a thing no, known thing it, people no, do? It, not that I know she of. Invented, I, mean, no. I may have Karin's invented just dropping it. Hot tip. <laughs> yeah. I'm seriously she invented, may have invented yeah. it. We we should put like a medical disclaimer. <laughs> In here right yeah, now. Yeah, one time we were, we're talking. One time we were talking about. One time I <laughs> joked about how uh, I joked about how Doug Duran was the one that transferred COVID to deer <laughs> through Buckman juice, oh, yeah. and then we got a warning. We got like a COVID misinformation warning. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that is there, funny. Yeah, it's just like some some like AI thing was like, oh, COVID and deer pee. Yeah, let's put the warning up. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say one thing that this whole conversation brought up to me, though, that I never thought about too much before was there. There's 12,000 people on the ice on Lake Winnebago for open for sturgeon spearing. So that's like a serious thing. Like how much of an impact? Like Like I'd like to see the the science. DPH Dukes per hour. Yeah. I mean, what? (laughs) like, let's say you take half of those, you know, it's multiple days. Let's say half of those people have to go no, out on the that's, ice. No, not anywhere near that. You Even don't think one so? out of 10. Let's talk about it like this. You put 10 people on, okay, 10 people on the ice. No, 10 people go ice fishing. So now you got to figure they're not all doing a 12-hour jig, right? Some are going to be doing a one-hour jig. Some are going to be doing a 12-hour jig. So 10 people... And then you got to average out that they're all good for a five-hour jig, let's say on average. How many of those people are going to drop a deuce that day? I think one. I think one. Because this conversation has me thinking about, since I don't go on the ice, I'm like, have I spent my whole life holding it back on the ice? But I haven't. So it'd be like 2,000 poops a day on Lake Winnebago. PPDs? Yep. 2,000 PVDs. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of those guys are in shacks, right? Yeah. They probably have little toilets. They day. might. So, so remove yeah. remove the one of them that has a toilet in the <laughs> yeah. shack. Well, if, if you think about it, like those sh- those shacks, they have holes in the floor that are used typically 
a majority of the hole in your floor is a big cutout in the ice. Mm-hmm. You think they're you think they're sinking the cake on them? Some of them are. I, I bet some are sinking the cake in the hole, but it's like. I don't know how how thick is it. I bet it's hard to get a I turd. I there's any fetishists that go down there with scuba. I bet, I bet it's hard mm-hmm. to get a turd down <laughs> under the ice sometimes. Yeah, it depends if you got a floater or a sinker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, well, you can, adjust, you can adjust that with diet too, though. Let's move on. Yeah, that's... So you get them chia seeds. I don't think ice fishermen are very diet conscientious, man. This is my favorite new dynamic is Steve being really curious about, like, Fetish stuff and Yanni being very uncomfortable. Because <laughs> no. you know what? Oh, no, I'm bored. It might be. It might be like skunk smells her first. That's what know? I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's Anyways, bored. moving on. We'll but move it on. is a lot of oh, it's family friendly it's, Christmas content. It's a lot to unpack. It's something to think about. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot to think if about. If anybody it's blows, a great question. It blows their nose today, just leave the Kleenex in the middle of the table. I'll clean up. Wink, wink. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> It's a lot to think about. Um, great question from a listener. If you got a question, write in. Um, that was quite inconclusive, but sounds like everyone needs to get some of them bags. Come Brody bags. I was going to add, the reason I got to thinking about it, and I, and I mentioned it to Corinne, is because I was out the other day deer hunting in very cold conditions in the snow, mm-hmm. and I got to the point where I was saying, man, I'm just it's going to have to happen. And, I did the same thing you did. I went beneath the snow, didn't find pine duff, but found ground that was not frozen, mm-hmm. insulated by the snow, and, and it was pretty much like it could have been September, and I was taking care of business. No big deal. That's great. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, I, I'll share one little thing. I at deer, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is like a this is like if you're at a deer camp or like we're gonna you're where you're somewhere for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Dig a hole that is big enough for the whole week. Yeah, your own private hole. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I d- encourage people to do that. I dug down through the snow. It was like 10 below at night. It was cold. But I dug down through the snow, dug a hole for the week. Seth's little hole. I didn't have to worry about trying to dig holes, you know, in other places all throughout the week. It just had Yeah, I've done that and then put a cap rock on top of it. Yeah. Well, I just, the, the, the big plug I pulled out Boy. from my hole. Oh, froze <laughs> it like froze and then i just set that back on top when i left sure great holding it was actually one of the most convenient things i've done in a while uh we were hunting in eastern montana i Ooh, held this it for, is gonna wrap her up okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. go ahead please <laughs> i held it for a day went to stop at a campsite and uh and used one of the toilets there and uh there was a cwd check right there so we got my girlfriend's deer tested while i went uh and used the bathroom that's great yeah that was pretty good cold weather hot tip all right yeah. you ready to talk about that <laughs> i think we got that covered yep. don't say yeah. fuck it grab a bucket <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying to find a uh a segue to latvian, uh, latvian, latvian plug latvian the plug. i got a segue there's a thing called a latvian plug it's yep. a thing that will happen to latvians Yanni's Latvian, as everyone knows. The and Chester. Chester and Latvians will find sometimes that when they're on the road traveling, uh, they'll they'll form a plug and it'll take them a couple of days to get sorted out. It's called the Latvian plug, named in honor of Giannis. Now, Giannis, um, as as we we've explored, Giannis is Latvian. He was taught to speak Latvian. He went to Latvian school. He went to Latvian summer camp. The only thing he didn't do 
Let's go to Lavia. Until? Until he just went to Lavia. And went, right. of all things, hunting in Lavia. After I met Giannis, I, 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 to be honest with you, I wasn't, if you'd have had me list a bunch of, list all the countries I could think of, I'd have gotten way down the page. I don't think I would have thought to put Latvia down before we met. And not long after we met, I'm looking at a newspaper and I see about a bunch of Latvian ice fishermen stranded out in the ocean because they were fishing in a bay and the whole bay, the whole bays where the ice floated out into the ocean. And I was like, oh, so it is a place. <laughs> It is a country. I wouldn't be surprised if we've increased the world's, uh, not knowledge, just, uh, yeah, awareness of Latvia by like a a considerable percentage just through this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. Because still half the people I think I talked to, or if I said I went to Latvia, they're like, huh, where's that? Never heard, you know, like seriously never heard of the country. But now that they know the Latvian eagle. Yeah, there's like at least 10 more people. When you went to Latvia, did they know that you were the Latvian eagle? Or did they just think you were the eagle? <laughs> <laughs> and is there eagles in Latvia? Uh, oh, I should know the answer to that. It's probably I, golden eagles. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a circumpolar species, aren't they? I don't know. Like goldens? The other day, a I, couple saw, people the have. Other day I saw my first stuffed golden eagle. And I said, I don't know if you're supposed to have that. And he goes, trust me, listen, everybody brings it up. It's very old. And here's on. He'd heard all about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's like if you go to sushi joint and sushi joint and you say, uh, have you ever uh, seen that movie hero uh, dreams of sushi? And they're like, dude, please. <laughs> <laughs> Six type of eagles in Latvia. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Chester. Yeah. There's a golden. So, yeah, the way that uh, my contact, my host there, Linda, um, she... How'd you find Linda? Come on now. Linda found me, actually, through uh, Meteor, watching Meteor on Netflix. And then, I don't know if it was an episode that I might have been a guest on, or she saw my name in the credits. She's like, that's interesting. That name looks pretty Latvian, you know? And she Is came, that right? And then she yeah. continued to watch and was like, he's got to be. And then she reached out. And said what? Um, just love the show. And, uh, do you want to come on my podcast? She has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only, uh, p- hunting podcast in the Latvian language. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that wound up being, but, but you have family there and stuff. Yeah. Like second cousin type God, family. God, too distant. Yeah. Like distant enough that when I was there on my first trip to Latvia, I did not visit them. Probably hear about it when I go back and do visit them, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was actually advised not to because um, not just my family in particular, but generally families. Oh, is that me? Oh, generally people when they have um, foreigners that are family come over, they really want to show them a good time, really want to give them a tour of Latvia, and sounds like they they will schedule your whole trip. And you're not going to have a lot of extra time. And I couldn't really have that, you know, because we were really working for most of the time I was there. What uh, what did you find Latvian hunting culture to be? Hmm. Latvian hunting culture. Let me think of another, yeah, way, of did, Let me think yeah, of another way of asking it. Focus that question a little yeah, bit more. Um, is, it, is it fringe... Not well understood, 
you know, a few people off in the boonies? Or nope. is it or is it like very well is it very woven into the culture? Um, I'd say it's probably similar percentage wise as to to here. I think okay. there's approximately twenty thousand hunters in Latvia, and there's about a million um six hundred thousand Someone figure that out. Inhabitants. Um, 20,000 is to... Out of 1.6. 20,000 is to 1.6 million as X is to 100. Um, No, I could figure that shit out if I had like a pen and paper and a calculator. It's woven into the culture (laughs) enough that there's there's some anti-hunting. Is there an anti-hunting movement in Latvia? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, you know. Um... There, tell people where Latvia is. That's probably smart. <laughs> That's a good place to start. It's on the Baltic Sea, which is uh, one in eighty. One, it's it's yeah, one point five. Yeah, point point oh one two. Yeah, it's like five. one in eighty. Wow. One in eighty is yeah, one point two five. Okay, so so if like if your numbers are right, it has the participation rate. I think participation rate better than New Jersey and California. For hunting participation. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, as you'd expect, m- more so out in the country than in the city. When you're in the city, we had to drive out of the city to find a hunting store. My baggage got uh, delayed big time, like three, four days. So mm-hmm. I had I needed some clothes to hunt in. So I, we went out to a hunting shop and uh, very well appointed hunting shop. Like when you go in there, you're like, oh, I can get kitted out. Um and go do whatever I needed to go do, you know, hiking boots, rubber boots. I mean, you know, they had a full wall of hunting boots and all kinds of nice guns and fancy tactics. They had a gun there. counter. Yeah, yeah. What's gun ownership like there? Tricky. Very, very tricky. For one, you got to wait a lot longer uh, age-wise to own one than you do here. Like, I'm going to not have the numbers exactly right, but it's approximately like 18 years old. Only for smoothbore. Basically, you can own a shotgun at that point. Mm-hmm. Rifle, 21 years of age. Um, so you can own one. Uh, I don't know if it's annual or maybe biannual. Psychologic um, testing by the police. What? Yes. Interviews. Like, go in, sit down, have an interview with a cop, and they're like, yeah, you're cool. You can still continue to own guns. Um. Hmm. Yeah, lots, lots more paperwork. Just a lot more waiting time processing. Um, there's another uh, federal agency that you have to go through as well to have your to have basically the license to own weapons. Um, but you didn't have to do any of that interview stuff. No, I basically I had to have a sponsor that said that while he's using a weapon in Latvia, he'll be under my supervision. Um, and then I also had to prove that I had, that I owned guns and that I used guns here in the States. So I came up with one of the forms that we all fill out at Schnee's to get our guns transferred over one of those, and then just a hunting license. And that was enough. Do they, do they all use suppressors out there? I heard that that was a big thing in Europe. Most. Yeah. Yeah. Like if here, it seems like it's one in 10 of us now have it where it was, you know, zero in 10, five years ago. There's the other way around. I think the only reason you wouldn't have one there is if you really can't afford it. Do they have like an equally like rigorous process to getting a suppressor, like similar to the gun? Or is it just like if you have a gun, you can get a suppressor? 
Oh no, I, I think you can it's like the reverse. Like you can go into seven eleven and buy a suppressor, right. but it's gonna take you a long time <laughs> to get a to get a rifle. What all what all are they hunting there? Uh what critters are they hunting? I was, when I, I kinda know the answer and it's surprised because there's like a there's like analogies here. Like there's like they're hunting stuff where it's like a like there's similar stuff here. Well, like, for instance, they got they got they hunt like a moose. It's they, not our moose, but it's a moose. That's right. It's yeah. a moose, much smaller, much less paddled moose. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of their antlers would just be like five tines, kind of sticking out in different directions on mm-hmm. each side, mm-hmm. like without a paddle whatsoever. Um, the red deer, you might think, oh, it's a red stag, but I think it's actually a red deer. The male is a stag, yep. female is a hind. In Latvia, they actually call them bulls and cows for some reason. They do. Yeah. What's the word for that? Bullis on uh, matita. But matita is like saying mother, you know, or female. Mm-hmm. Um, when you did the podcast, did you do it in Latvian? I did. Yeah. Was that hard? You know, it's interesting. Um, I got a lot of compliments when I was in Latvia because they would be amazed that number one, it took me 44 years to get over there for a visit. And then number two, that I had kept up the language so well. So well. So I got a lot of compliments on on how good my language was, but it's always funny to me because I did a podcast, did as best I could in the Latvian language. And then I call my dad and the first thing he says is, hey, I listened to the uh, podcast you did with Linda. You really need to work on your Latvian. (laughs) (laughs) But the the reason why you keep up on your Latvian is because you talk to your your dad in Latvian a lot, right? Yeah. That was the interesting thing about being in Latvia is that here I speak to my mom, my dad, used to be my grandmother. Is that every time you're on the phone with him? Yeah, all the time. Uh, my siblings, uh, pretty limited. And then at like Latvian deer camp for three days, I, I can, I, I speak, you know, to all those guys in Latvian. I can always tell what they're talking about when they're talking in Latvian when I'm listening in because there are certain American, like totally American words that just don't work. And so you'll catch the words and you'll kind of know what's, you won't know what's going on, but you'll know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it's interesting in Latvia that's even happened. I would, in my mind, even more than it has here. Like, you could ask Joe and Tyler and, and Jason that were over there with me, they would actually pick up like that on words too. Because, like, I call a gym a vingrotava, which is like what the people in 1950 called that. Because, right, that's when my family left the country, and that sort of old Latvian was what I grew up on. Well, the you know, million plus people in Latvia. It, it kept changing the language, right? So in Latvia, they call a gym fitness clubs. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Like on the fitness sign, clubs. it says fitness clubs, and you drive by, and you're like, God, I wasn't a mistake. I bet I could go in there and work out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you're like, what are the chances they'd have that same word? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like like I like computer is uh, dators is what I grew up with, and there they say computers. It's, you know, just... The way language changes. When I when I was in college, I had to take a class called the Structure of Modern English, and uh, this we read this thing from some linguist that was saying, "Had you gone, had you gone along the Mason Dixon line at the end of the Civil War and somehow eliminated contact between the North and the South at the end of the Civil War along the Mason Dixon line, at this point you would not be able to communicate." Hmm. It doesn't take long. Just all because the drift, the normal drift, and then 
and then the way you're constantly adding words to the vocabulary. Because, you know, right, right, like that's pre automobile. Right. Right. So imagine all these areas where it would just be like you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know. So the fact that you guys sort of took a version of Latvia to the US and then messed with it for 70 years without a ton of fresh input that mm-hmm. you, that your, that your habits and, you know, yeah. Would drift as new terminology emerged. Tell me where Lavi is. Oh yeah, we didn't get on no, that. You were going it's on. Know. It's on. We got stuck on uh, the percentage of hunters in Latvia. Uh, it's on the Baltic Sea, um, which is if you imagine Europe, it sort of sits in the in the northern part of Europe on the Baltic Sea. You also have the southern tips of Norway and Sweden, and then you have the three Baltic countries on the. Um, East side of the Baltic Sea, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And then to the south of Lithuania, you'd have Poland. And then that goes down into Germany and the main mass of Europe. And then so directly to our east is Russia. We share a border with Russia. And you guys mixed it up with Russia. Yeah. I mean, we've tried over the years. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, you could say we've mixed it up. Are you close to— Russia's not been good. To to Finland? Is Finland above you or— Yeah, to the north. To the north. Yeah. And you hunted crazy moose. Yeah, so red they're, deer. They're into moose. They're into red deer. Are there pigs. red deer? Are red deer native? Yes. Pigs are native. Pigs are native. Red deer made, native. Moose, moose is native. Is native. Um, and then the roe deer is also native. What's the non-natives over there? The raccoon dog, Seth. Oh, that is non-native. Yeah, it's you China, got, right? You got one of those, right? And they say the Russians brought him in. So I don't I don't know if it came from China. I read but, last night. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting because I talked a lot about the raccoon dog prior to going because yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was a little, like an animal that we don't have here. And uh, sure enough, that's the only animal I ended up shooting was a raccoon dog. And the hunters there told me that was because the hunting goddess Diana had said it was going to be so. Nothing you're going to do about it. Nope. And at first, when they would bring and she up... she had made up they, her mind when, about this before when, you showed up. When they would bring up Diana at first, I was like, oh yeah, ha ha, Diana, good luck to you too. Go hunting, you know? But then things would happen and they'd be like, oh yeah, see, Diana just said it wasn't meant to be today, you know? And we'd be like, okay, I guess we'll hunt, you know, Red Stag again tomorrow. And it just kept coming up. And finally I was like, man, you guys take this like Diana gal seriously. And they're like, it doesn't happen without her blessing. I was like, okay. Very, very serious about Diana, mm-hmm. like being like, "Yeah, it's your day to kill a red stag." Like very much part of their hunting yeah. culture. That is like well, totally. So I, Yanni was talking about another crazy thing: the death wind. No, that's Lou Wetzel. When, yeah. when you oh. answer Seth's question, then talk about the wind. Mm-hmm. So through with, through wind, yeah. Don't forget with that. Diana. Like how? Like do they? They don't go out knowing that day that like Diana is going to bless them. No, but they'll have, they'll just have like like sayings like "good luck" and you know, "may Diana be with you." And okay. you know, but if things so they, go to shit afterward, now you know, like, well, now we know that yeah. she wasn't down. Yeah, like, and and it's so funny how you you can manifest this stuff, right? Because with this raccoon dog, I'm using a gun that's not mine because unfortunately, yeah. Explain one of those a little bit. How yeah. how big was the one you got? Um, I mean, they literally are the size of a ra- raccoon, just a lot fluffier. It's like a raccoon and a fox had a baby. Um, they're a pest. They're, you know, non-native, kind of eat everything out. You know, mm-hmm. people really, it's 
kind of like the pig. If you're like, well, do you really want him gone? And they're like, no, nah, you know, we kind of like having a few Yo. raccoon dogs around. They den in trees? I don't think they do. I don't think they climb trees. They are a canine okay. species. Got it, um, got so it. they've got feet like a fox. Got it. Um, but we're actually sitting in the dark hunting pigs over bait in a blind on an evening that was this the kind of evening where you can hear a twig snap 200 yards away. I mean, just still as could be. So you couldn't really talk because it was so quiet, you know, because the, the pig bait's only like 50 yards away. And this is at night? You yeah, said? at night. With, what, what they with thermal? Out? Thermals. What'd they have out for hog bait? I think it was a mix of corn and apples. That's mm. what was out there. Tasty. Yeah. And uh, I haven't done much night I don't even know if I've done any night hunt. No, that's not true. I night hunted we, with you. We did a little bit in Texas I've, d- I've night hunted with you in Florida. I've night hunted with you in Texas. All right. And in the jungles. I've night hunted with you in the jungles. And, and, and in <laughs> okay. Arkansas. All right, so I've done a bunch <laughs> of night hunting. <laughs> but not particularly like this using thermals. And that's another thing we should get into. Caught is, him in is, a lie. Caught him in a lie. Is how uh, prevalent the thermal use is. I want to get to that too because that's pretty interesting. But they, um, <laughs> yeah, lying son of a bitch. Uh, so I'm using a rifle that's not mine because my rifles didn't get there in time, unfortunately. It was like an eight-month process and we did everything possible. And we literally got the rifles while I was still in Latvia, but after we were done hunting. So I'm using Linda's uh, rifle. It's like a seven mag Pretty big rifle for shooting a raccoon. <laughs> it's got a suppressor on it. We're in the stand. I don't know, maybe 20 feet, not quite 20 feet, 15 feet up On what in kind there. of property on? Uh, just a small little chunk of private. Um, it was part of the hunting club that we like had access to. You know, I should know this, num- this number for you. If you want to get into that very quickly, I can try to sum it up. The way these hunting clubs work. Is it bigger or smaller than Doug Dern's? I, I don't actually know where one private property might have started and, no. or the, and one ended and the next one started. There was so much land that there's, I don't think you could walk at all in, in a week of walking to go through all the properties. I got you. Yeah. Different parcels here and there. Yeah, exactly. And one hunting club has, it's up to them to make leases or deals or handshake agreements with all of the private properties within their zone that they're given by the federal government to operate their hunting club in. Wow. Yeah. So like all so the, the federal government says sta- like your hunting club is Gallatin County. That's right. And then you got to go like, okay, sweet. Now I got to go talk to everybody in Gallatin County yeah, and get the, permission. The state and federal lands are pretty much automatically going to be part and you play like a small lease to, to work on those. Everybody else. And what's interesting is you have to make it contiguous. So you can't have too many, you can't, I forget what the distance was, if it was 50 meters or 150 meters between two, but you couldn't just have like, well, we got a giant 400 acre one down here and then a mile up the road, we got another one. No, they got to be contiguous. So this one hunting club that I hunted with. And that's coming from the government. Yeah. I mean, no, they have a, they, the hunters complained a lot about how the government makes rules completely unknowingly you know, for no reason, it doesn't do anything for them. And the hunters, you know, are saying we should be trying to, we, they try to inform them, help them make better rules. And, you know, they're working on it. It's a work in progress. Uh, but yeah, this particular hunting club had 400 separate agreements with separate landowners. Wow. Yeah. But we did it. We did a drive where I was walking for over an hour from one road to another. Mm-hmm. So giant, you know, tract of land. 
Eggland? Uh, mixed. Like, mm. northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, where it gets a little bit more sprucey and birchy and swampy. Yep. You could pluck yourself out of Latvia and get dropped in those places or, or swap places, and you wouldn't know the difference. Gotcha. Very much cut up like 50-50. A lot of uh, forestry, so a lot of like successional growth that you see around. Um, there's They're cutting a lot. Drunk guys drinking old fashions. Mm, I didn't see too much of that. So not like working. Wisconsin in that one. I was just trying to figure out how, how like Wisconsin. <laughs> just the landscape. <laughs> landscape. Um, As I grab another drink. <laughs> Backstraps roasting on an open fire. Pack frame strapped with heavy loads. Mule deer bucks pushed down from much higher. And folks in blaze orange heavy clothes. Everybody knows a cold snap and some steady snow. We'll make the mule deer hunting prime. Broke ass guys with their eyes all aglow will dream of heavy tips tonight. You can go further with Can Am. I'm telling you, man, I don't care if you're hunting on a farm, hunting on a ranch, hunting out on public cruising up and down the beach down in Baja, out in the desert in Sonora where we hunt coos deer. Riding in a Can-Am is just funner than riding a vehicle. Everything about it's better. And you can check these two models out, the Defender. This is the undefeatable workhorse from Can-Am. Because like you, it never quits in the face of the toughest work. And it's got HVAC, which keeps you protected from the elements and you can enjoy the perfect temperature when it's freezing cold or real hot. Heavy-duty Rotax engine with a class-leading 69 pound-feet of torque. And check this out, up to 2,500 pounds towing capacity. The Outlander 500 or 700, this is an all-capable workhorse, nothing you can't overcome. HD5, HD7 engines that power through any job. Engineered with the strength, features, and build to never let you down. So you're getting reliability and a quality build ready for any job with 125 accessory options. To find your next Can-Am or to shop online, visit canamoffroad.com slash hunting. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like Black Buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches 
at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey everybody, I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who over recent months... I've become friends with, and my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp phenomenal hunting knives if you want to see them in action we just did uh me and uh john hayes the taxidermist just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear um watch that video and in that video you'll see montana knife company knives in action mkc products usually sell out in minutes of being released which is true but now for the first time They're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company. Working knives for working people. 10% off with code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. Brush the blinds with boughs of holly, fa la 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 Geese come in in waves and volleys, fa la 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 Dawn we now first light apparel, fa la 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 Cut them down with blasting barrels, fa la 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 Set the scene for me a little bit too, yeah. so you're on the parcel, yep. you're in a timbered section, Yep, and they got an established bait, or they just they just oh, blind yeah. no, blind no. placed. Very established. Okay. This guy Kaspars, who was my like Linda's kind of right hand man that hunted with me a lot for the red stag. Yep. He he had basically carved out I don't know a ten foot long log that was two foot in diameter and made a trough, huh? And literally had it placed up on you know posts on either end, so it's like an elevated trough that he could put the bait into. Wow. Yeah. If that was necessary, better than just having a pile. I don't know, but he had that, and it was. And are they using trail cams? Yep, they use. So they got pictures of hogs coming. Yep. Yep. Okay. And he would just drive by the field. So basically, behind us was a field, and this was kind of into the brush and into the woods, and there was a little clearing around the bait. And he would drive by the uh, the field at night, run the thermal. Um, they do thermals uh, like we do day scouting. Like, still driving, moving at night, 10 miles an hour, looking through a thermal on a field. No big deal. Everybody's doing it. To scout. Yeah, there's critters there, there's not critters there, you know? Just cruising along. They'll use it in the daytime. Like, coming up on a place and you got, like, a block of forest ahead of you. I mean, I don't know how far thermal works into the woods, but we'd be looking across a small clearing that was maybe 100 yards, 150 yards, and then there'd be woods. And he'd glass the trees and be like, nah, nothing here. Let's go. <laughs> right? To like know if there's critters, you know, yeah, even yeah. In, the, in the area. And I was kind of like, come on, guys. 
And I'd already told them our, our Fognat grizzly bear story. And they were like, well, what if you had had thermals in that situation? Wouldn't that have been nice to know that bear was in the area? And I was like, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, sit and bait. Sit and bait. And, you go out uh, there right at dusk. Yeah, no, it was already after dark. We climbed in after dark. I think we had been hunting until dark for okay. stags or something. And uh, yeah, so I'm nodding off, super quiet. We're not talking. I'm nodding off. Every now and then we turn our thermal on, look through it, check the bait station, nothing there, turn it off. Then in the pitch black, complete darkness, I just hear Linda say, Yan to Tulit Normadis to Pirmo Yenot. I was like, oh shit, it's on. She said, she said, Yanni, you're gonna kill your first raccoon dog. <laughs> <laughs> and so I clicked. Can you say I, that again? You know, I was that I know, man. I, I wanted to go out for candlelight dinner with Yanni. I <laughs> said that, man. Yeah. And uh, so I turned on my thermal, and uh, there he is, creeping around the bait pile, probably hunting the mice and whatever varmints and stuff that might have been around. Oh, like he doesn't want the corn. Linda didn't think so. Hmm. So, so di- different from a raccoon in that way, too, because he's like, like I said, he's a little canine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just sits down on his haunches right next to the bait, bait pile, you know? And I'm getting, it's complete darkness. So I'm feeling around on a gun that I'm not familiar with. And uh, and that gun's got a thermal scope. Yeah, it's a uh, blazer. I don't know how much you've used a blazer, but they got a safety that's, it's world renowned for how safe it is, but you really got to like press and work it up. It's like a tang safety, you know, that you yep. work with your thumb. Is it loud? The safety? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. But I think I click it off. I go to shoot. Nothing. Right? I haven't clicked it off enough. So a little flustered. Finally get it off. You know, I'm getting and like Linda's helping me and finally we get the safety off. And then I get a scope on it. But before the scope's quite on it, pew, I'm like, God and like totally totally miss him. It's back up. What happened? I basically had the scope on him and I'm putting my finger like into the trigger card, getting ready, you know, to get on it. And she's got a light trigger set up on that sucker oh. and I touched off. Did you have a glove on? Nope. No glove. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I know. So I miss him. Well, luckily. Ouch! Did she say that? Well, it was a, she had a big old suppressor on that thing. Oh. And uh, luckily. <laughs> Diana was on my side that night, and that little sucker looks at the hole that I just made <laughs> next to him, and he goes back to just sitting there. <laughs> so I chambered another what? one, and uh, he's and, like, "What and, Sam Hill was that?" <laughs> yeah, and that uh, didn't bother him a bit. And so I shot him on the uh, the third time I pulled the trigger, second shot. Did you guys get any of this on footage? Like, did you guys have night vision? You know or? the. My scope had it, and we ended up, because we were doing so much fumbling around, we have roughly a second of the uh, raccoon dog in the thermal, so we'll see. And how much? How many pounds do you weigh? I don't know. Ten. They're metric over there. Yeah. So you shot a 10-pound raccoon dog with a 7-millimeter rem mag. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty big hole. Luckily, with the way he was- Because they could, weren't planning on raccoon dogs. They were planning on big yeah, we were, Siberian yeah. hogs. Yeah. And yeah. you know, yeah, the hogs do have a little bit more of a husky uh, appearance to them there. I only saw, I saw most of them at night in thermal. Didn't hunt, really hunt them. But the one I saw when we were sitting, uh, waiting on a red stag to come into a meadow, um, one rolled out and he just had a real just rotund 
husky kind of build to him. Yeah, I know like, what you're talking about. I, like see, I, look wire, at, I look at pictures of those things. Real wire hair, like Russian yeah. boar kind of. Yeah, yeah like if you go online and look up, don't type in like Siberian, but, but like go online and search for you looking at actual Northern European wild hogs. They yeah. just got like more uniformity. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so you're not like, oh, there's a white one or a black one or a green no, one. No, they all have that <laughs> black gray. Yeah. Look to them. They just look more like a woods creature, man, you know? Yeah. And they like the hides over there, interestingly. There was a lot of um, pig hides that have been, you know, done up and on the wall, draped over something. Even though it's bristly. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, too, you were saying that it's real popular to put a beaver hide on your car seat. Mm-hmm. Both in winter and summer. Warms you in the winter, cools you in the summer. Swear by it. Yep. Cooling on your buttocks, Seth. But mm. all, people had them in oh, their house. <laughs> people had them in their houses just on like a, on a, you know, wooden chair. There'd be a beaver hide laying there on the couch. There might be two or three next to each other to sit down on. Are they prime beaver furs or do you, you know what I mean? Do they have that, that real thick undercoat or are they, you know I'm not going to be able to answer that. How are they getting the beaver hides? Was it a, is it an item you'd buy for that purpose, or is it you know someone that gives you one? No, no, they hunt them. They're into hunting them, not trapping them. Okay. I would say they're the 90, more than 90% of beavers over there are hunted and killed, and then less than 10% are trapped. You didn't go do that? No. Okay. Ran out of time. Did you try to eat the raccoon dog? I, I I offered it up. I mentioned it, and you know it was like a one in Rome kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, they all you know spat on the ground and were like, "No, if okay. we're <laughs> you know in leaner in leaner times, yes, but yeah, we're not gonna eat the raccoon." Did dog. you freeze it and bring it back in the Yeti cooler for part of my plate? <laughs> no, I did okay. not. That would have been a good one. What are you gonna do with the raccoon dog hide? Uh, it is actually being uh, tanned right now in Lithuania. And uh, my skull already got cleaned up, so it's it's en route, I think, uh, from Latvia. So I got my little trophy. Why in Lithuania, not Latvia? Actually, I, I my grandfather that's... was born in Lithuania. Huh. Yeah, we're related. Maybe. Share a little blood. Yeah. Uh, I just think that that's because that's where the uh, nearest tannery is. It's a Latvia is a small place. I mean, we're talking like a state the size of Indiana. I mean, you can drive across the whole country in a day easily. And that's going east-west. If you go the short route, north-south, you'd probably be done in five, six hours. Huh. Yeah, it's a small place. That's way smaller than I thought. I mean, 1.6 million people is not that much. We have cities way, way bigger than that. Sure, yeah. Um, And more than half of them, like almost a million, live in Riga, the capital city. So once you get out to the countryside, it's pretty sparse. Well, what was the... tell, Tell us about another hunt you did there. So like the, where, so, the, where someone got re, something or not the, you or whatever. Well, I got to first tell you about how I didn't get something. So it was the second morning. We're red deer hunting. Kind of, that ended up being what we were going to focus on. And I was hunting with this, with this guy, Kaspars. He was the... What's his name? Kaspars. K-A-S-P-A-R-S. He was the sort of the hunt leader. He wasn't the club's president, but he was the hunt leader. So on the, the day that we did the driven hunt, he organized everything is he, all your hunting happening at your host's hunt club yes which is spread all over no no place. actually oh. she's she i don't even know if she uh specifically belongs to a hunt club she floats around 
Um, she hunts a lot in, internationally. Like mm. for them to go over to hunt in Sweden, it's like for us going to hunt in Wyoming. It's oh, yeah. just not a big deal. Yep. Um, so uh, I'm with Kaspars the first evening. I think we we hear three or four stags roaring. Roar, really? Which is an amazing sound. Like I didn't, I hadn't Google searched it before I went over. I actually have a, have you, you've probably heard them. Well, I, I heard it in real life and play it. But here's, do it with I heard, oh. here's Kaspar's. Who's doing that? Me. Isn't that, isn't that? Well, well he's playing it over here. I'm trying to that. <laughs> that sounds like metal. That's more like a lion. <laughs> yeah, play that again. That's a great sound. <laughs> it's a roar. Yeah, Chester is pretty close. Yeah. That sounds like you guys after all these like, drinks. You <laughs> Yanni, <laughs> Yanni, has he got like a tube that he's just extending out? Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a bugle tube, but it it um it's got three parts, and yeah, it accordions in and out, and they kind of work that as they're making the sounds. That's a great sound, man. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, if you're just walking down a country road in Michigan and a red stag went off and you didn't know that that creature lived in your neighborhood, it would freak you oh, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... And you heard some ripping off in the woods. Oh, uh, um, uh, yeah, all the time. So, yeah, I got a lot of stories about the, the roar, but this particular one... Well, getting get to my missed opportunity, we get it, we, we, we see some the first evening, but he's like, not the right size. They, were, they had a very select, an idea of selective hunting, all based on antlers, which is one of the things that was very similar to some of the hunting that goes on here in the States. Like, one to five years old, don't shoot because we don't know his potential yet. Uh, six to ten, if he's big and has but he has like good tops, meaning like good crowns where there's like three or, f- or four or more points up top. Don't shoot because we want him to get over 10 to realize his full potential and shoot him at 12, 13, or 14. But the one you're looking for, since, <laughs> you, you, since you're a guest, you can't shoot the big, big dog, but the one that would be perfect for you would be six to 10 years old, but he has a Y on one side or both sides. And they think that that gene of that Y is in there and they yeah. want all those yeah. Ys called out. No amount of talking to Heffelfinger is going to talk him out of that, probably. I don't know. Uh, we I did some chatting with him, and I was like, because in, in one sense, they're very much like, we want to let nature do its thing, and it's all natural. And I'm like, ah, but hold on. This calling thing that you guys are injecting here is not necessarily nature doing her thing. So you're talking out of both so sides of your mouth. So they're telling you, you can get a stag mm-hmm. if he's over six and has a Y on one or both sides. And But this is kind of, it's a rule for everybody. I see, yeah. Right? They really just didn't want but me to shoot. But not the actual law. No. Not at all. This is a this is like their the way they do it at their, this particular. And they would have it be that you came all the way back to America with no stag rather than violate that law. Well, listen, here's the deal. Now I think I could roll in there, and they would gladly have me shoot whatever. But for Kaspars to get it approved, he had to go to the board of the club, uh-huh. eight members. Four of them said no. We're going to basically come in and pay the dues like we've often done other places, like where that sort of is the setup, but we want to only go there and hunt for a week yeah, to like, shoot a like show. Yeah, like that deal for this, the, this, the, the 
Sega deer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had to help pitch yeah. in with the yeah, guys. Yeah, you, you, that p- that you spot. pitch in what it costs to be like an annual member, even though you're only going to be there for five days, and try to make it as though you're not just being getting the special treatment, right? For, for half of the group was like, nope, don't need any strangers, don't need any guests, don't care who this guy is, don't need him. But like, 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 but he's the Latvian eagle. <laughs> he's got, a, he's got a power ring. <laughs> oh, so they, they, so, okay, they twist their a arms. Board, there's that board of eight and four are no. Yeah. So was they, that just awkward for you to be there then? Well, no, I, they didn't tell me this beforehand. They didn't tell me, right? So I just went in there as a guest. It was all good. Later, I found out, uh-huh. and in the evening of the driven hunt, when there was a fair amount of alcohol consumed. The four guys that talked my ear off and were attached to my hip, like we were, like had a belt between the two of us, were the four no's. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And so I think at the, by the end of the driven hunt, there's so much. So itself. they just warmed up to you because we, I, we got, we got, we're gonna get way too far ahead of. Yes, big time. Oh, you know what they're after? No. They want to come hunt with you here. You know, I offered it up, and it it wasn't. Uh, oh, okay. They weren't jumping on the on the invite. We'll what see. were they after? I think they just realized that I was just a okay dude, and okay. and everything was. So they good. were they were like being protective, yes. and they're like, oh, he's not that bad. I after think they all. had bad experiences yeah, yeah. with you know just guests. You know, some guy comes in with a bunch of money, and is just like, well, oh, I just want to hunt, and you know, you, they don't yep. they take safety very seriously there, and so you know, you don't have a record on how you are with the you know how mm-hmm. you operate. You won them over by not being an idiot. Yeah. The second morning of my red deer hunt, we get into a bull right at, pretty much at daylight. Kaspars is calling him. We sneak but in. what's getting into a bull mean? He's ripping like, off in the woods. Yeah. Kaspars kind of ha- had been scouting. He knew some certain zones where bulls had been hanging out, okay. you know, and roaring, right? And so he's like, we're going to go check this spot. We kind of, we creep in there. There's one roaring. We get closer, we get closer. Can't see him. Cusper starts calling. He kind of walks out of the, you know, timber and pops out. Cusper gets a good look at him. He's like, no, that's one of those. It's like nine or 10, but he's got the great big tops and we need to let him go for another three, four years or whatever. Was it similar to Montana elk, like during the rut? Yeah, some of them had harems. Um, I think talking to more people later, I think it's... It, well, and like it is with the bull elk with with a harem, it's hard to call them away. You're definitely calling them just to kind of keep them talking and try to get in close to them. Mm-hmm. Was there an equivalent to like cow calling, or was it all roaring? No, all no. roaring, no cow. Calling. But you're hunting with a rifle, so it's not like yeah, you didn't have to get too close. But surprisingly, when you didn't want, and to... again, I mean, all my European hunting experience up to this point is Steve's stories. From when he's been over there, you know, and and how people like basically are like, it's so easy, you know, and it ain't real hunting over there in Europe. No, um, I'm not saying that you say that. <laughs> but you that, just said I said that. That is a common. <laughs> that is a common. Yeah, no, I know uh, what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. come on, what, man. No, I'm just saying that I no, didn't I have you. any experience. Yeah, you know, I'm I've heard you. what what you what your experiences and. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think that you felt like you had to like work your tail off when you when you wasn't it Ireland? When I no, I went to Scotland, Scotland and hunted the red deer. No, yeah, we walked. A, he knew I like to take big walks, so we walked a weird route just to take a big walk mm. to get back to the <laughs> same spot. <laughs> That sounds about right. He's, he's like, I bet you could get over there if you went up that way and then over that way. So let's do that. <laughs> he's a good guy. Or we just drive up and get him. <laughs> 
so we decided to check like a second spot that morning. And to set the stage and where my head's at, it's early in generally in my trip to Latvia. I've been in the country for four days now. Two days in the country, two days only in these woods, not even a full day really. It's like an evening hunt, and this is the next morning. So I'm new to the landscape, new to the habitat, new to the animals. And so far, it's like Diana's just like marching them in front of me, you know? And <laughs> Cosprash is like, nah, not quite the right one. You know, I'm like, well, this isn't going to be too hard, right? So we come up on this clear cut. It's maybe like two or three years old. We're standing there. Cosprash calls, nothing answers. We're there for a while, long enough to where we almost start chit-chatting. And I look in the clear cut and all of a sudden there's just a bull feeding, stag. I'm like, oh, look, there he is. Cosprash glasses him. He's like, dude, that's the one. Like eight or nine years old. Like, nice crown on one side, Y on the other. Like, let's shoot him. Well, the day before, we're talking shot placement. And he's like, if you can, try not to shoot him right in the shoulder. Which they, which is, they got a cool name for that. They call it the shovel. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, don't shoot him in the shovel because we'll lose a lot of meat and there's a good chance that we'll be selling some a lot of this animal, which I'll tell you why later. So if you can, just try to shoot him behind the shoulder. This bull is just standing there, 150 yards or so, but feeding, but quartering too hard. If I was hunting bull elk here in public Montana, I would have shot him in five seconds. It would just been like, get on him and, and touch off and done deal. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting and he's just feeding, like not a care in the world. Wind's good, waiting, waiting. Five minutes goes by at least. And he's just kind of feeding, but not giving me broadside shot, you know, long enough to where I lose my focus and I'm on these like shooting sticks where it supports the front and the back, but it's one pivot point underneath. Yep. And I look over my shoulder to say something to Kaspars like, oh, isn't that like just how it would be that this animal is like right here for us, but it's not going to offer up a broad shot shop. And the time it takes me to say that. <laughs> how do you say that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah I'm tracking. And <laughs> so <laughs> give me, give me a little bit more time. <laughs> Not long. You're going to get to learn another Latvian word right now. I, I, I look back and so the bull's weird. gone. The stag is gone. Seriously? Gone. Disappeared. And I hear behind me, Jan tu nochakere. And I'm like, I've never heard this word in my life. Nochakere. And I look over and Kaspars, who I've also known for roughly 24 hours at this point, Pretty jovial guy. Like, we would all very much get along with him. Hell of a fisherman. Catches pike and walleye like they're going out of style. Oh, nice. He's The blood has dropped out of his face. He's, like, <laughs> pale, and he's as deadpan serious as I've seen this guy that I've known for a day. And he's like, to Nochak today. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, no, no. I'm like, he's going to still be there. Like, we've just been watching him for 10 minutes or more, you know? And so I'm, like, looking around. <laughs> And Kasparis has like left the building. He's not, <laughs> he's not glassing. He's just standing there, like kind of drooped over, just like, dude. And basically, Norchukade is you fucked up. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, like you fucked up, as in like you had the opportunity right there, and you just let it just slip right out of your hands, like a like a muff to the nth degree. Like you just muffed it bad. Like, there it was. He gave you the because sh- he was watching binoculars. So, as I turned to say something, oh, it turned. the bur- bull turns. We didn't know there was a cow there or a hind. And he pushed the hind. 
and they both went in behind this little copse of trees, never to be seen again. And uh, so <laughs> we hunt there for like, I'm trying to like stay in the game. And we, so we stay there for another 10, 15 minutes. They're just, they're gone. They're gone. He can't find them on the thermal. They just, they li- disappeared. Can we you actually, say that word one more time? The Norchukadeh. And what's interesting, there is other versions of that. There's like Sachukadeh, which would be like something like you could even tell your kids like, ah, Nesachukadeh, which just means like, ah, you kind of like messed it up. But Norchukadeh <laughs> is like, yeah, you just really, really fucked up. And uh, we, we hunted that same spot that night because it was like the type of bull that was perfect for me to kill. So we hunted yeah. that spot that night. I think we were even there the next morning. We built, Kasparis is just like, he goes and, and to get more vantage, he goes and grabs a chainsaw and in like an hour has basically built us a tree stand out of, um, I don't know, it's probably like a lodgepole pine or, or whatever is similar to that. It grows in Latvia. And uh, so we sat up in this, you know, homemade deer stand for <clears throat> at least two hunts and that bull never, never appeared again. And we hunted for three more days and I never got another opportunity. And what was interesting but is you've that- You've seen other bulls though. Yeah, we saw a couple others, but it got a lot harder. Like, we'd hear them roaring and whatever, but they just wouldn't come out of the woods. They wouldn't come into the fields, you know? They'd pop, like, we'd be watching one field, and you'd hear the, the bull kind of just working out towards a different field. Yep. And nor, they don't... Nor chuck a ray, man. Like, it's just not part of their hunting tactics to, like, creep in there into the woods after them. You know, it is, but he felt like with, you know... Us two Multiple and people. Two, yeah. two photographers, yeah. it was going to be tough. But he yeah. used a chainsaw. <laughs> well, we That's left the woods and did that in different location oh, and then okay. carried it into the spot. I got you. Yeah. We carried like a homemade wooden tree stand, um, I don't know, like a half a mile. It was, a, it was not easy. <laughs> huh. Got a little working in the afternoon. Um, so Kaspars doesn't let it go. The guys really love Tyler and Joe and Jason that were with me. They really love this new word that they've learned, Norchukadeh, and every, everything. <laughs> like, there was no more nimming, which stands for not movie, which is what the guys like to say when they get a shot, when they take a shot, but it's not going to be used in an episode. It's called a nim, not in movie. But nim got thrown out. It was like, don't Norchukadeh, or you Norchukadeh <laughs> that. All week. And Cosparis would correct them and be like, eh, that was like a little baby Norchukadeh. What Giannis <laughs> did the other day, big Norchukadeh. <laughs> like, just grilling me. I'm like, bro, you don't know me. We've only been hanging out for like 36 <laughs> hours. And you're just like, just hammering me. All right. But this is a great segue to the driven hunt. So at the end of four days of red sack hunting, on the this first- So you're just burning up your trip on this. <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of the plan anyways. We, okay. And we did yeah. like- I had a pig come out in front of me, but we're waiting on a red stag. And Cosmos is like, you want to shoot the pig? I think you shoot the pig. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Should I shoot the pig? Like, we're here red stag hunting. And then I'm like, yeah, I think I should shoot the pig. And like, I put the gun up and right as I'm putting the gun up, that little pig stops. You can see his nose twitch one way and the <laughs> other. And he turns 90 and runs off. And Cosmos is like, eh. He's like, Diane, it wasn't Diane that says no on the pig. I'm like, ah, dang it. No pigs. Um, so the driven hunt day, we meet at the clubhouse, like 40 people, roughly big group. Does this look like you had a picture? It looks like beer steins and, and no, no, not no, like that kind of, no, no, like counts no. and okay, stuff. Okay. So, so out, they, they do like alcohol there. Yeah. Uh, probably just as much as they like it in Wisconsin. 
but you do not mix but alcohol. Not, not as much as New Hampshire. <laughs> you, yeah. you do not mix alcohol wine and in guns Idaho, I guess. At all. Yeah, they're drinking wine like Idaho. <laughs> like you can't have as a gun owner, if you if we had a designated driver that was completely sober. And you and I had had some drinks, but we had a DD that was driving us to the house. Hold on, back, back up. Hold on a minute. I'm, I'm oh, talking about. Oh, because I asked you about beer steins and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I lost track no. of how, how we got back onto alcohol. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. If, if basically you, if the person was pulled over for speeding, even though they were sober as a ghost, but you and I had a couple beers in us uh-huh. and our rifles were in the car with us, that'd be the end of your rifle privileges. privileges. Done. Like, like, you, cannot you can't be, in, be drunk in presence of your gun. You can't be, like, in easy possession. So they have a huge locked vault in this for anybody that's going to do some serious drinking and then hang out and possibly sleep in the bunkhouse or whatever. There's a gun safe vault that everybody puts their guns in there. If you're going to do any kind of drinking at all, and it's locked, and you don't know where the keys are. No like, shit. You, yeah. So if the cops roll in, you're like, yep, my gun's in there. Don't know where the keys are. I cannot get to it. Otherwise, you better take your gun home and then come back and put it in the safe at home and have it locked up there. Can't be drunk around your gun. No, it is serious. <laughs> I mean, I mean that sounds pretty responsible. <laughs> so 40 huh. people get together. The president gives a kind of a, an overall speech, a rah, rah, rah. We've got, um, you know, a great club together. We're all great people. Let's be great hunters. Let's do this as, as respectfully as we can. If do, they, you ha- do they acknowledge you being there? If you hadn't paid your dues, pay your dues. Uh, I don't think he did. I think Kaspars then did when he he got, he, he basically was like, like okay. here's the guy I was yeah. telling you about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The guy that's been fucking up all week. Um, I want to say about that, I think had that happened the third morning uh-huh. and having some highs and lows and some experiences with the animals in the landscapes, I wouldn't have had it. I, I would have had that laser focus of someone that's ready to kill yep. in predator mode. But that first morning, I was just like, this is great. You know, yeah, look at yeah. the fog no, roll across saying. the clear cut. Doesn't feel you know? right yet. Doesn't yeah. feel totally right yet. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Um, so yeah, Cusper said, hey, we got a film crew here. You know, he explained the whole thing, what's going to be happening. If anybody doesn't want to get filmed, you know, let us know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, he basically rolls out what's going to happen. So everybody lines up in a row that's going to be hunting. There's a group of the uh, drivers, some places in Europe, they call them beaters. But what, what do you guys call them, Seth? Chasers and watchers. Chasers like are the ones that are chasing the animals. Yeah, sounds like D and D or something. Yeah, chasers well, and watchers, drivers and that? sitters, drivers and posters, drivers and standers, pushers yeah, and drivers. Same. Yeah, Push, yeah. No, sorry, pushers and sitters. Yeah, well, it all means the same thing. Yeah, yeah. In Latvian, it's a zines. It would be a single driver. I think the closest translation would be a driver, someone driving. And what's pushing. a sitter there? Well, they don't say sitter. I mean, that would just be some like a. Casca sage. No, I mean, what do they, what, what yeah, they call uh, it? To get a, a medniex, it would be a hunter. You're, oh. just, you're just a hunter. So the differentiation is like hunters and pushers. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Got it. So, so the pushers aren't armed. Nope. They're not armed. They already know who they're going to be. It's a much smaller group than I thought it was going to be because you how think do out they of 40 know, people, How do they know who they're going to be? Well, here's the deal. You don't, <laughs> you don't get to be a hunter until after you've done three years of pushing. No matter your age, 
God, no matter. Man. And now this, this is a club rule. This isn't a federal yeah, rule. This yeah, is a yeah. club rule. So if you want to like, and what's interesting is that like the, if you, it was the day before and you were just going on a spot and stalk hunt, you can take your gun and go and do your hunt. But when it's like the driven hunt, there you got to beat the bush for three years and then you get to be a hunter. And they're holding you to this. They weren't going to. I held myself to it, thinking that I'd get opportunities because we we're going to do at least a couple drives and then maybe at the end I'd be like, all right, are they I'll be a as part of that safety? Because of safety, like picking your shot, or is it just like making the new guy put his time in? I think both. Yeah, hundred percent. So the drivers aren't carrying guns. No, no. really. No. The drivers do have a lot of dogs. Oh, they love their dogs. Some of the hunters even had dogs, and they'd be like, they would just walk up to me and be like, "Here, take these three. And you'd have three, and then I would, you know, walk them or drive to wherever what road we were starting on, and then walk them into the woods with me, ten yards, turn them and loose, then cut them loose. Yeah. What kind of dogs did they have? Uh, there was a bunch of Siberian Lycas, was one, and it looks like a small. They were different colors. Some of them were white or gray, and then some of them were black. But they looked like a the same kind of shape and fur of, I'd say, just like a husky. Yeah, like a Norwegian elkhound. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Nor- yeah. We, yeah. we had a Norwegian elkhound. Yeah. It was like a small, pretty burly husky. Yeah. Yeah. I met another guy that uses that those dogs for moose. That they bay moose up with dogs, mm-hmm. and then they sneak in and shoot the moose. Um. So everybody gets in a row and. They, they, a guy with a hat comes by and there's tiles in there with the numbers one through 30 or whatever was on there. Everybody picks a number out of there. Then they would reorganize one through 30. And then the first six would go with so-and-so. The next six would go with so-and-so. And that was a way to break up the group. And so as not to play favorites with spots. Right? So that way the guy that's like, I always get the shitty spot where nothing runs by me. You'd be like, dude. Yeah, we mix it up by numbers. You the you know well, is there you, you um, had a leader that took you to a and spot. is it one mega it's, drive or is it a bunch of little drives? We ended up doing three mega drives. Okay, and and is it like are they standing in like tower blinds or is there like specific spots they got to be or is it I mean, just kind of like driven go the here. same country over and over you know for yeah. years and years and years? So there's definitely like. Just like you would back home if you've driven the same, like it was yeah. for us in Michigan. You know Doe Hill is yeah. where you need to stand because right. the does are going right. to come run across Doe Hill, yep. you know? Um, but very strict rules. When the dude places you, so Cosper's had like five sub-generals or sergeants that would <laughs> take the smaller, like take five each and go down one line. And then that guy would set five people in a row. And then the other guy would set five people over here or whatever. And when they set you there, they're like, you can take two steps in any direction, and that's it. You stay in that circle until the drive is over and you are picked up by me. That's it. And it actually, it made sense because I, I literally was three steps out, and I had to turn back on a stag. So I'm sitting as a hunter, as a shooter. And I can hear the dog coming, pretty excited, and then I can hear the hoofbeats in the woods. And they're, they've actually crossed like a little meadow, and they're on this – wooded ridge and the ridge is pointing right towards me so that i know that i'm feeling like the stag or this animal is going to run off this point and you got to judge them because you still can't shoot them yeah well linda's standing next to me and she's going to help me wait i thought you weren't so this was the third drive so okay. I, I worked as a as a beater for okay. two as a driver for two 
And then I was going to do be another, and they were like, please, please, please. And I was like, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm a born driver. Like, I'm all good. Like, I like walking the woods. You like, know? No, it's Diana fine. says it so. Huh? Diana says it so. You need that's to That's right. That's right. But they were basically like, no, no, no. Like, you've proven your worth. What I did too on the, I can't remember, I think it was the second drive, I showed up and there's a couple moose down and I offered to gut one of the moose and rolled up my sleeves, gutted it and pulled it out. And that gave me huge props that like, I just jumped in and got the work done, you hmm. know, and didn't, the hunter didn't have to do it. And so they were like, no, 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 you hunt, you hunt. They could have told me a little bit earlier that like, go ahead and shoot any stag that runs out later. They're like, ah, you should have shot. Cause I actually had two <laughs> run by me. <laughs> but you're like, but for days. Yeah, I know. So did you, did you ever point out that like, that seemed to be at odds with the whole Diana says it so like, <laughs> no, cause that's oh, what yeah. Diana idea. sent him. Cause, cause he's telling you not to shoot it, and Diana's putting these deer in front of you, or these stags. One that stag that's coming down the, the ridge, the wooded ridge pops out into the meadow, but off to my right, I've got a little roll, and so he runs below the roll. If we were hunting again here, and that happened to you, you just I would I had to run ten or fifteen yards, and I would have been able to peek over the horizon. And turns out a, another shooter. That was down from me, could see him standing there, but he couldn't shoot at it because it was, you know, it would have like been too close to me, basically, his bullet. But I could have run over there and easily killed it. And so I had taken three steps and Linda was like, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, oh, right. Oh, <laughs> <You know? really? laughs> Like even when it comes down to getting something, they don't want you to move. Totally. Because basically as soon as you move out of your spot, the, the dudes on either side of you, are like expecting you to be in a spot. And so if something comes out for them and they go to swing and you're not in your spot. You dumb American asses. Yeah, they're, like sure. they're, they're <laughs> serious you on your safety. Very, very serious about the safety. Well, the age class here is frightful. If it's brown, it's down and rifle. I'm sick of just spikes and does. Let them grow, let them grow, let them grow. It doesn't show signs of stopping And no bucks seem safe from dropping Just six points and below Let them grow, let them grow, let them grow You can go further with k and I'm telling you, man, I don't care if you're hunting on a farm, hunting on a ranch, hunting out on public, cruising up and down the beach down in Baja, out in the desert in Sonora where we hunt coos deer. Riding a Can-Am is just funner than riding a vehicle. Everything about it's better. And you can check these two models out, the Defender. This is the undefeatable workhorse from Can-Am. Because like you, it never quits in the face of the toughest work. And it's got HVAC, which keeps you protected from the elements. And you can enjoy the perfect temperature when it's freezing cold or real hot. Heavy-duty Rotax engine with a class-leading 69 pound-feet of torque. And check this out. Up to 2,500 pounds towing capacity. The Outlander 500 or 700. This is an all-capable workhorse. Nothing you can't overcome. HD5, HD7 engines that power through any job. Engineered with the strength, features, and build to never let you down. So you're getting reliability and a quality build ready for any job with 125 accessory options to find your next can-am or to shoporline visit canamoffroad.com/hunting 
I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey everybody, I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who, over recent months, I've become friends with. And my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, Watch that video. And in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, they're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people, 10% off with the code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. comes Grizzly Claws, here comes Grizzly Claws, tracking me through the range. If he comes around, we'll squeeze off around and hope he won't be back again. He's a running, won't stop coming, let off a warning shot. Empty clip and say your prayers, cause Grizzly Claws ain't gonna stop, no. So we ended up getting, I think, Three moose and two red deer hinds that day. What else? Hogs? No hogs that day. Yeah, that's no hogs it, were seen. The drives are, I don't want to say a free-for-all, but it's like whatever comes through is fair game. Yeah, they did say with the roe deer, they prefer not to shoot them on the drive because they're so small and they're moving pretty quickly. There's a good chance when you shoot them, you don't know where you're going to hit them. It's just not a big enough target and you're going to lose a lot of meat. Um. 
that evening, so they decided on how much meat they were going to uh, keep and split amongst the group. I forget how many animals it was, two or three. Like they might have done like the two young moose and then maybe one of the hinds. All of it butchered on site. Like they had a, a, a separate building from the club, clubhouse, which is which was called the Vedanatava, which basically like the literal translation would be the gutting house. Like to Vedanat means Vesh is wind. We can come back to that. But to Vedanat means to like open something up to let, you know, air flow through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everybody just chips in. And the next thing you know, you got three giant animals. They had these like plastic lined shelves. I don't know, pretty long, 10, 12 feet long and three or four of them on one wall. And then they were plastic lined so you could clean them. And there was or whatever, how many people were there? 39, 40 piles of meat. Shanks, ribs, backstraps, just piles. For everybody. For everybody, piles. So again, not- Like how big is each pile? Like if you had one of those like four inch uh, meat lugs, you know, that we like to use, it'd probably fill up two thirds of it, you know? Like like multiple meals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like nice, nice amount of meat. And now we just did one driven hunt. They'll do that every Saturday and maybe a Saturday and a Sunday until they're done sick of hunting. Got it. Um, so that was just the day's take, you know? And like, they're like, okay, well just take as much as we all need for the day. And then they're going to sell it for what? Uh, they'll just sell the rest and they use the, uh, they, they use the funds for the club. And who who do they go and sell it to? Uh, the local butcher meat shop. Butchered already. I mean, they're bringing no, tons no, no, of no, meat. No, 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 no. So they butchered say three oh, out of the five okay. for themselves, and then they probably brought two whole animals to the processor. So whatever they cut, they keep. Yeah. And then sell on sell it basically on the hoof, gutted but on the hoof. Yeah. yeah. What's the market like? Are they like getting a pretty penny? You know, for I, these? I never. I meant to. I, we were going to try to make it to a market where they sold wild game, but we didn't. So I can't tell. So you. is there is there a deal? But it that is like, highly regarded. Is there People is like there a deal game. with selling it though? Is it like uh, of course we're going to sell some, or is it that everyone's like, oh, I don't really want that much. I guess we'll sell some. With that many animals down, it's of course we're going to sell some. Okay. Yeah. So they're not trying to fill giant chest freezers and stuff. Mm-mm. No, and they actually don't do too much freezing there. It's uh, they do a lot of uh, preserving of their meat. Like everybody was busting out cans, like actual um, pop top cans. You know, of, they got their own steel canners. Yeah. So they're making like potted meat in yep. a homemade steel can. Totally. And they would mix a lot of uh, like they would do like twenty five percent boar. So that it would have the fat of the of the pig, you uh-huh. know, in with their stag and moose meat. A lot of sausages get made up, you know. But I don't think having a freezer is common practice like it is here. Hmm. But so as not to play favorites with the meat and the stacks of meat, because you could just eyeball it, right? And be like, I see a huge chunk of uh, backstrap over there. That's all rib meat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had this little stick and I'd walk around and I'd point at a pile of meat. And then a dude that wasn't looking at me was just going down the list of names. Be like, Steven Ronella, you'd come up with your meat lug. And you'd come up to the pile that I was pointing the stick at and swipe it off the, off the shelf and put really? it in and, and walk out. I'd go to another pile, pointing the stick, Brody Henderson, you'd come over there, get your pile. So would the heart get cut in half or is the heart just the heart? Ah, 
Glad you asked. This is one of those like <laughs> interesting, like some of the similarities, you know, that there's a lot of things that the hunters there, you know, considered important to them and not important. And it might have been completely different than for us. And there was a lot of things that were just like the same old pervasive wives' tales just go on. One being like organ meat, heart and liver. Like actually we ate some liver that night uh, and it was, it was good. But like, the heart, I, also, I see one guy, he walks up to get, get his meat, and he's got three hearts in his tub already. I'm like, how'd you get all of those? And he's like, nobody else wanted them. I'm like, you're telling me, out of 40 people here, you're the only guy that wanted the hearts. And he's like, yeah, don't tell anybody about how good they are. I'm like, yeah, wow. Huh. So how like, about tongues? You know, I didn't catch where the tongues went. But they did come out of the animal. Yeah. yeah. One guy, though, this old guy comes up, and he comes up to his pile, and he's like, ah, nothing but bones, nothing but bones. You know, <laughs> he's yelling at me. And I'm like, no, these are shanks. Like, you can do some awesome stuff with these things. And they're already, like, they had a bandsaw in the shop, so they're already, like, pre-cut, oh, shit, right? beautiful asabuco chunks. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'll email you a recipe. Like, that's good stuff right there. You just got to know what to do with it. Um, another thing was while I was spot and stock hunting the red deer early in the week, another hunter got one. So we went to go see it, go help him pull it out of the woods, loaded up in the trailer, old guy. And, uh, I was asking about what he was going to do with it, how he's going to preserve it and whatever. And he's like, Oh, can't, can't eat these stags in the rut. Hmm. I'm like, really? I kind of look around the group, you know, and every single like local Latvian dude is like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. The, the, this, like the meat is just, just rut stank. Just oh, can't on. eat them. But they sell that bet. Oh yeah, exactly. He's like, no, this thing is going to go get sold. <laughs> For others. But it's just funny. I mean, how many times have you, it's, oh, it's no yeah. different than people here that are like, oh yeah, stinky rut buck. Face like shit. The other day, someone was telling my kid the reason whitetails are better than mule deer is because you know what they've been eating. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was just like, what? What? Is, what have they been like? <laughs> um, what, are, for, what are mule deer eating? for people that aren't familiar? Like red deer, lot, very similar to elk, but like what? <clears throat> like a bull compared to a stag, like size wise. Uh, the stags are definitely a little bit smaller. Uh, not by much. I don't know. Maybe twenty five percent, thirty percent smaller. If I mean, if one ran across the road in front of you, and if, if it was just like a regular old six, seven year old stag, you'd just think it was a bull elk. Yeah, you'd be like a couple of extra points, but yeah, it'd be hard to hmm. tell. They got a brown mane. You know, they might be a little bit reddish, more mm-hmm. hued, but um, but yeah, they still got that yellow rump and stuff, don't they? Very elk like. Yeah. Um, Tell about the death wind. The death wind, yeah. Saurvesh. Uh That's what that's called. Wasn't there a... Isn't there a guy? Lou, Lewis Lou, Wetzel. <clears throat> Lou Wetzel is the death wind. It's not the death wind. I'm mixing it up. It's called the something. So this has nothing, yeah, this has nothing to do with uh, hunters. The hunters believe in it too, but it's just a general Latvian superstition. This is the first thing Yanni told me. Called got home. <laughs> called a through wind. Yeah, through wind. Through wind, and it basically means it's like a breeze, right? But a a through wind doesn't necessarily have to be like a breeze outside. Like if you have a if you have two windows open in a house, 
and you have that breeze that's created, that could be the through wind or a window and a door. Or let's just say you're even just in your yard outside and two gates were opened and a breeze was blowing through. (laughs) (laughs) Not blowing over the fence, but through the gates. Dude, and I'm recently (laughs) talking more about this. Like when I was at Latvian deer camp this year in Wisconsin, I was talking about this story. And they're like, like literally trained doctors trained in the United States of America that practice in Latvia will tell sometimes their patients that the cause of whatever said illness might be high likelihood through wind. (laughs) (laughs) Like, especially around little kids, like around around here, a lot of grannies and, 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 you know, overprotective moms like to want to make sure they always got shoes on or you don't go outside if your hair's wet because you're going to get a cold. Yeah, but like there, it's the through in to the point where I walked into um, someone's house once while I was there on this trip, and there's like the mother-in-law, mom, and toddler, maybe three years of age or so, and I'm com- I'm like the last one coming through the door, hand on the door, and I'm closing it behind me. I mean, it was going to take another second, and the the mother-in-law was like, please, 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 close the door. You don't want the through wind. We've got a kid. We've got a toddler here in the room. I'm like, but I, I'm like literally closing the door already, you know? <laughs> You're creating more through wind. <laughs> but yeah, like it can cause serious, serious, like to the point where on the buses, on the public transportation, you can only open one side of the windows on the buses. Wow. Okay, let's say I went to a, <laughs> let's say I went to a learned individual. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said uh, perhaps a meteorologist or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, I went to I went to a, let's say there was a meteorologist who then went to medical school. <laughs> okay. I said uh, I said to him, "Tell me uh, explain to me like I'm 10. What what ha- like what is the through wind doing to everybody? What would they say?" It's or is there a, no answer? It's <laughs> afflicting you. It is causing your problems. Stay out of the through wind. You have a headache right now, Steve? It's not because you haven't drank water for four That's days. That's what it is it's in America. Cause, <laughs> it's because you... America's dehydration is America's through wind. Because you open both windows in your truck. <laughs> but do they line it up? Like, you know when you're talking about the bus windows? Let's say there's a guy in the front of the bus and he's got the left window open. And a guy in the back of the bus, the right window. That's not a through wind. Doesn't work that way. It's got to go. It's got to be more lined up. <laughs> yeah, if it's going like across anything, <laughs> across the room, across the yard, across the, through it's, the house, it seems like it would affect how they would like build houses. For instance, like probably does. There'd only be one door and no windows. I guess here's my question. They're just in to keep let, them tight. Let me re-ask my question. I'm uh-huh. going to rechange my question. Okay, it's not that the through wind is carrying something. It's that the through wind is the thing. Oh, yeah. No, okay. no. That's what's causing your problem. It's not that COVID's no, coming no, on the no, through no, wind. No. It's like the wind is in yes. of itself yes. problematic. Yeah. And I wasn't going to sit down and argue with Of course with, not. With, he with argued people. his way from one end to the left. You guys are full of shit. <laughs> I'll show you through wind. <laughs> How was your... How was your general experience though? Did did people like welcome you? Like were people oh, yeah. stoked? Were people like would you be welcome back? Like with all the filming and Oh yeah, whatnot? yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean we, we we leave we tend to you know have a you There's know, no positive, chance positive. all those people back there are like he bought the through wind thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
another laugh there. No, 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 no. They're they're into it. Um, do they think? Do they? What is what is their opinion of a Latvian whose family split? Are you um uh? Are you guys like honorary Latvians? Or are you like sort of like the furthest thing from a Latvian because you split? No, they uh, no, they they understand that you know our you know my grandparents did what they had to do in those in those times, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and had had to leave had to leave the country. I don't think, I don't think they hold any grudge. Huh. We're certainly you know different. But is it is it general is it re- generally considered that 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 if you left you were pushed out? Oh yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like Cubans that came into Florida post revolution. It's sort of like you just it's taken to be that you you left outside of you know you know you you were forced out pushed out fleeing. Hundred percent. They did think it was, because uh, <clears throat> I got there like, like I was saying earlier, I talked to Latvian mostly now in, my, in the last 10 years with, you know, 20 or less people on a regular basis, right? When I was younger and I spent more time in the Latvian camp, it might be in the hundreds, but even then, if I didn't know you, I knew somebody that knew you, right? Everybody's kind of friendly. But to be in a place where just all of a sudden everybody, all these strangers around you are speaking this language that you've always spoken with friends, it was interesting it felt cool. I wanted to go up to everybody and be like, oh my God, I can't believe he's playing too. This is awesome. And they're like, yeah, dude, everybody here does, mostly. Um, Do a lot of them speak English? Yeah, like my bags are lost and the lady at the at the complaint counter or the lost you know, baggage counter usually deals with irate people. And I'm like, so awesome that we can have this conversation. You're like the first person that I'm talking to in Latvia, in Latvia. And she's like, oh, bro, dude, take it easy. You know? <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. So they thought that was a little funny that I was like, so excited about that. But it also gave me the opportunity to look at, um, just to have like a, like a more worldly, you know, view because you got to thinking like, there's a lot of, like, I like to go to Latvia because it was, exotic to me mm-hmm. in this place that everybody speaks Latvian, which I, only, I had to go to like special school on Saturdays to speak Latvian, you know, or go to Latvian church or camp or whatever. And they're like, it's just Latvia, bro. A lot of people leave here to go get, make more money living in England or Ireland or are trying to get to the States. Why would yeah, you, you were why, saying people are like broke as a joke there. Yeah. Like a, lo- a lot of people make a thousand bucks a month there mm-hmm. and live off of that. Um, my friends that, you know, were educated here and now live there, you know, they've figured out a way and, and, and do much better. They live, you know, not too dissimilar life from us, you know, mm-hmm. go out to fun restaurants and, you know, have a good time in, in the capital city, have little places out on the beach, got you know, it, but the, it. it's not the average Latvians <clears throat> living, you know, do you want to go back? Oh, he's going time. back. Yeah, we're going in June. I'm bringing the whole the whole crew. Now his daughters will understand why he makes them speak Latvian. Yeah, we've been working harder at, at that since I got that back. That probably lights a fire under their ass, don't it? Or don't they get it? It lit a fire under my ass to get to do more of that. But yeah. To get that with them. Yeah. Are they like, man, what's that again in Latvian? Because I'm going to Latvia. Or don't they 
kind of made all that connection. You, no, they are. You got to catch them in the right mood when they're when they're interested to learn. You know, mm-hmm. like with anything. You know, and when you guys go back, you'll you'll see some fan, you'll see some those distant relatives. Yes, yes. And you'll not go you'll not go revisit the friends that you made on this trip. No, I definitely will. Oh, you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to hunt a uh, roe deer when I go back. Because when you go back in June, you know, Latvia is at the same uh, latitude as uh, southern Alaska. Mm-hmm. And so you got, you know, a 20-hour day in June. And uh, they say one of the most beautiful things to do as far as hunting goes in Latvia is to go hunt the roe deer in the middle of summer when you can literally hunt them almost all night long. And, uh, you know, it's still daylight. or dusty. But you don't need to bring your own guns and all that, though. No, I'll just do the same thing I did this time and just get... Um, you know, get those, get the email that says, as long as you're with so-and-so, yep. you can use that. So you go, your wife, go. your daughters, you'll see family, you'll see the, the Cotspits. Mm-hmm. You know, Latvia sits on the Baltic Sea and I didn't go see the Baltic Sea. So that's definitely on my list of things to do and go beach combing for Amber. Amber's one of the, like, uh, Amber Gree. Amber Gree? Talking about. I'm talking about Amber. Like when when oh. pine pitch falls. Oh, not not the stuff the, the whales ocean. vomit out. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No, Latvia is one of the world's largest producers. Yeah, it's uh, from them. It's the squid. It's uh, sperm whale. Sperm whale. Oh. Something they form around squid beaks. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you <laughs> to wrap it all up. I want to tell you how um, Noichukade came full circle. Please. We're on the dri- the last driven hunt. And uh, Tyler Emmett was filming Kaspars because that's where all the action was, right? He was directing traffic all day long. He was also a hunter. What's interesting, too, about the hunters, once they become hunters, don't expect them to drive another foot of ground ever in their lives. <laughs> like, out of those 40 people, like I said, I'm like, hold on, there's only six of us? Driving? Oh, because they all graduated yeah. and they're like not going back. <laughs> totally. We're there. We're a lot of like we'd be doing a lot better if we could get a couple recruits on this team, you know? <laughs> we're, like we're I know we got the, dogs. We're a lot of the drivers. Really? No. We're a lot of the drivers young. Yeah, there was a couple of dudes that were older that were kind of lifers. Mm-hmm. So I didn't ask questions, but you know, you just got to wonder, like, you know, maybe they didn't have the right, right or the ability to own or use a firearm anymore because of past decisions. Maybe they just didn't <laughs> want to put the time past and effort decisions. into going, you know, maybe they screwed up once getting or something. the paperwork. Yeah, I, I don't know. But yes, I, there was definitely some, you know, 11, 12 year olds with me, at it, which was cool. I actually have all those people. I think there was like four or five female participants and they were couple I think there was only one that was actually hunting the rest of them were <clears throat> doing the driving yeah. with me Cause but you, uh, it was cool to see that that over there where you might think that you know yeah because you were saying it's real hard to get youngsters involved in hunting there just simply because they got to wait so long to do it yeah exactly yeah then you do all that yeah. and you got to do your three years I mean I wouldn't mind the pushing but it's really funny that they could wind up in a worse situation they could wind up where they got 30-some hunters, they're down to two pushers. <laughs> totally. I, I don't know if it's the same with, like, Seth, Brody, and anyone that's done deer drives in the, you know, as you were younger. I remember having to be in the thick of it. Oh, yeah. When I started, they were like, Chet, you go out and walk in the thick of the cattails. And seemed like that's all I was doing, and I just wanted to. We'd coach. always switch off, man. Yeah, we always switch. You push, you sit. You push, you sit. 
I like pushing because a lot of times that's when you got shots. Mm. Like stuff would run back through the drive. Yeah, a good good pusher, smart buck. A good pusher gets some shooting for sure. Yeah. Oh, we used to have some rabbit drives, dude. God, it's exciting, man. We need to do that out <laughs> we here. We had this man. rabbit drive spot. I'm done. Yeah. So there was this one stump. <laughs> <laughs> rabbit, whoever got that stump. Was, stump. <laughs> whoever got that stump. It was like a stump that stood about six, seven feet off the ground on a hillside. If oh, you got that stump, you were gonna get shooting. <laughs> yeah. God I felt good being on that stump. <laughs> so Tyler's filming Cospars. Cospars hasn't shot anything yet. And all of a sudden, Tyler's like, or Cosper says, I can hear him coming. Cosper says, yeah, I can, or Tyler's like, yeah, I, I got him. I can see him. He like actually points to this cow and calf moose coming. They like, he gets them on camera. They pop right up in front, like 50 yards in front of Cosper's, pulls the rifle up. Nothing. No click, nothing. <laughs> and then the two animals just disappear in, in, into the woods. And Cosper turns around, and before he can ever even say anything, Tyler says, Tu no chakare. And uh, the blood left his face again, and he just smiled and laughed, and like, it, it's going to make for some great television. So what happened? He didn't want to separate the mom and the calf? No. He uh, he had like an old Mauser style, where the in the safe old Mauser style rifle, and it's a very long throw yeah, on yeah, those yeah. safeties. And he just hadn't thrown his safety all the way. And so the he didn't so fire good. his rifle. And Tyler <laughs> saying that. Is, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was great. It was great. We have we I, we had plenty of meat, so we didn't need to have another moose on the ground. Yep. Yeah, uh, I got one last one for you. What would be the norm? Like, what would be the? It's hard to answer this, but like, what's the most normal thing you're gonna make with a moose in lab? Or not? Or like, what's unnormal preparation someone's gonna make for you? Not not counting canned. Mm. Outside of canned, I'd say probably something like a pot roast. Okay. Yeah. Very simple cooking over there just across the board across the board yeah i mean you can go to you know they're they have these you know fancy market types like a, a fancy market that we went to and it's like you walk in there you might as well be in bozeman montana there's like a pizza place and uh um you know uh hero place and you know, then there's a bar at the end. that has got all these different micro brews. A cat there's, therapist. There's Edison Edison bulbs <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. You know, some some Barton fabrication metal work with some wood floors. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. the world's become smaller. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you just yeah, know yeah. what what the hip stuff is every, everywhere. So, um, but, but the yeah, simple, simple cooking. Simple be, cooking. Uh, give me a couple more examples of when you say simple cooking. Because you make you make Latvian dishes, that I don't think they're that simple. It's just like a lot of root vegetables. They're pretty simple. I mean, those little bacon rolls that we that we cook is like it's like bacon and onion inside of a you know little bit of bread. Yeah. You did a big uh, hunter <clears throat> stew at the hunt, right? Yeah, we did a big hunter stew. Um, Might have had a lot of ingredients because it had like some sausage and some meat and onions, potatoes. And then they actually garnished it with olives and sour cream, which was, it kind of sounds like, huh? Hey? But when you do it, it was good. Um, but again, when I say simple, there's, there's no spice. You're not going to ever yeah. eat anything in there where you go, Whoo, ah, you yeah. know, there's none of that in Latvia. You got to go a long ways to find a jalapeno in that country. <laughs> are there like repeated herbs, like, I don't know, parsley or dill? That yeah, are, for like, sure. Major parsley, dill, caraway, caraway is a big mm. one. A lot of cold weather stuff. Mm-hmm. Are they like searing steaks on a grill? 
Yes, but you're not going to get it medium rare. Oh, no. They cook it hard. Yeah, it's still it's going to be medium at minimum, and, and it might go a little farther. So I'll tell you what I made for Thanksgiving. I think I made no? I, I don't know if I've ever made it for you. I made a bolito misto, the Italian mixed boil. Oh, you never made it for me, but I know you've made it in the past. Oh, dude, it's so good. Well, it's in it. So I'll tell you. Um, I made garlic sausages. So fresh garlic sausages. I took a bunch of antelope shoulders and corned it. I had a beef tongue that I had smoked. My uh, kid's buddy raises chickens. I had one of his chickens. Then I realized it probably wasn't enough chicken, so I had I bought a chicken. And I had wild oh shoulder of a wild hog. You got all this into one pot. Well, here's that what I did. Like That's what you're nice... supposed to do. Meat but marriage. I did it where, like, right when I woke up in the morning, I put my shanks, game shanks, I put them in my oven 275 degrees right when I woke up in the morning. And then my tongue was already done. Then I put my corn stuff in my slow cooker. And then I made, then I made a super broth. And in the end, I had a lot of stuff pre-cooked. But in the end, everything went into that super broth. What super broth? Like superfoods? No, like game stock. No, yeah, but I mean, like, when is it super? Is it like more than three Just how much different animals? It. Got it. <laughs> super good. <laughs> three animals. Then you dump super. all that. You dump, and it's got all kinds of carrots, rutabagas, turnips, beets, taters, and you just. And I bought these two huge platters that my wife hates. They got like little turkeys and stuff on them. <laughs> oh, nice. And you just dump all that shit on them big platters, and then you got toppings. So h- horseradish, a red salsa, a green salsa, mustarda, like the fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and when you, you say you dig dump, in, man, when you say you dump it on there, is it like big heap and pile of steaming? Is it like a boiled stew? meat? <laughs> yeah, and potatoes. No, you drain the liquid. Kind of like you would do a seafood oh. boil. Just uh, okay. like, picture so a seafood boil. Yeah, yeah, it's more like. But it's just all this crazy boiled chicken and, and pork okay. shoulder and corn meat and. Gotcha. Sausages and a pig cow's tongue and a big mound. Is I made a, two matching mounds. Nice. Is, is this something that's like prescribed or is it like, a, oh, we're going to throw this and we're going to throw that and we're going to throw that? Well, in. if you go and read Bolito Misto, you'll find all kinds of all kinds of lame old lightweight yeah, yeah, yeah. versions and then you'll find heavy duty versions. Yeah, like throw this. But my buddy who had a restaurant turned me on to it. Yeah. He used to offer it. Huh. You could, like, you a big party could call his restaurant and he would do. That, but you had to call ahead and it had to be a certain number. Like it had to be like a minimum of 12 on blank night and he would prepare this for you. And he would just line like a, like Yanni's wild hog feed trough. Mm. He'd like lay that trough off and it'd be just boiled vegetables and boiled meat one end to the other with all kinds of dipping sauces. Awful cool. It's way caveman, but it's beautiful. It's awesome. Mm. I love shit like that. We need to do that next year, Brody, because I think we had a lot of complaints, even though I feel like I've made the best turkey of my life. I I didn't agree with the complaints on your turkey, but man. You want to talk about, I'll tell you something that happened at my, at the Ranella household. No, please. Uh... My wife had her folks in town, so she wasn't too keen on. Not she. She wasn't down on the Belito Misto, but she just knew there would be <laughs> right breaking tradition. They'd be mean. like, she just knew. Mm-hmm. She just knew. So the second night eating leftovers, she said, "It really is better than the traditional Thanksgiving meal." She had your back right in front of her mom. She had your back. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, we had a traditional. Right. No, I think she, no, I don't think she did it like that. I think she actually. I think she came yeah. to see that it's a better tradition. And I pointed out to everybody, the pilgrims didn't eat turkeys. They didn't eat an antelope, Pam, though either. And that was, no, well, here's it was what I told my good. kids. My kids were bitching. I told them this. I said, "Listen, here's one thing I can tell you about the pilgrims. They made the best thing they could make, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm doing." Huh? huh? Sound logic? Yeah, that's man. a wrap. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> ho ho ho! Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> We got gifts, though. Oh, yeah, in the spirit of giving. Hayden's uh, been very very generous. What What's in the little jars, Hayden? Put those yeah. in your bolito misto yeah. there. I'm like, <laughs> don't get lost. Don't get lost in there, but I might throw them in there. Yeah, those are, uh, those are morels from Montana. Uh, well, I guess kind of oh, obviously. cute. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was driving with uh, Hunter Spencer over here the other day, and we, and we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, at work there are always, like, difficulties and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and a lot of times you get, like, frustrated or whatever. But, you know, we're driving through this canyon, and uh, I, I, I made the comment that, like, you know, I feel like Meat Eater gave me all this, and so I wanted to uh, bring a little present. Or there were just a bunch of morels hanging out behind my desk, and I needed to get rid of a bunch of them. I like, but I, I like the either first way. Yeah. <laughs> Second one's better. Thank no, you very much. Yeah, uh, maybe like a risotto with them because it's a pretty small portion of morels. Oh, no, but that, I'm gonna you make your, you sticking your nose in there though. Oh yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I'm gonna that make smells like the planet. Man. I'm gonna make yeah. two omelets out of these: one mm-hmm. for Danielle and one for myself. There you go, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, bury your nose in there. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Real woody. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Maybe. Merry Christmas, Hayden. Thank, thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Hayden. Merry Christmas, you even put a little, you even put a little, uh, a little dry thing in there. Oh yeah, I, I got a huge uh, packet of them off Amazon. I, it, 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 sometimes if you don't do it, it Hayden's gets kind of getting funky. buried uh-huh. in the yeah. They, right they'll, now. they'll get like you'll smell them and they'll be like they'll have like a funk to it. Yep. Where you're like, mm. I'm not sure I want to use a little mold. That. Yeah, yeah. But if you do that, but they, they stay good kind of indefinitely. That's a good idea. Well, Yanni, thanks for the lab you report, man. Yeah. Hi, you're welcome. Yeah, Hopefully you was, guys enjoyed it. That was it. wonderful. No, thanks, Phil. Yeah. Were you listening? Of course. How do you say, oh, Phil, how no, do you no. say Merry Christmas now and, Phil, now and then Phil likes an episode? I think he liked this episode. <laughs> well, I forgot to ask him. <laughs> he, liked, he liked the Coronado expert. Top 50 at least, yeah. Yeah, he liked the Coronado <laughs> expert. What else did Phil like? You liked that one? Yeah, I liked your last, your uh, Buffer Zone Elk one. Oh, yeah, oh, you yeah. did. That was a yeah, great one. Like that, that, that wouldn't one. seem like one you'd like. I loved it. Because you like a guest. Well, just you kind of reflecting on the, uh, a word you like, ephemeral. Yeah. Seems to slip away as soon as you shoot that out. That was really moving those, to me. Those uh, capercales, are those in Latvia or are they uh, too far yeah, south? Yeah, but you can't hunt them right now. Uh, they, don't, they, they, they don't seem They're to have closed. enough population. Which brings up another thing. The tag allocations there, they couldn't believe that we would only get like one or maybe two elk tags to hunt here in our state. Because there, the club gets, say, 200 stag tags, and then a hundred moose tags. So the one guy that only hunts one or two driven hunts, he's probably never going to pull the trigger, never going to shoot. But if you're a guy that gets after it, you can shoot. Endless tags. You, pretty much. Because you shoot one, you call up your local dude. You're like, hey, I got one down. He drives over, puts a tag on it. You're on your merry way. Totally legal. The next day. Well, no, that is how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. The next day. Oh, your tag guy, meaning the, the guy with the pocket full of tags. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. That's like the hunt leader, you know? Yep. And then the next day, you're back at it hunting again if you want to. Is the hunt leader ever like, hey, 
How about you cool one a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he had killed a nice, like his biggest ever bull moose uh, earlier in the year before I got there. And he was like, yeah, I'm not shooting any more trophy animals He was chilled this out. Year. Yeah. Okay. He's like, I'll shoot cows and, and hinds. No. But like, I'm, you know, I got, someone else needs to shoot the trophy. He didn't want to wear his welcome out. Yeah. He didn't do any lead tossing in the bucket. We did not. Wrong time of year. Ah. What's Merry Christmas in, uh, in Latvian? Priecīgus Ziemassvētkus. Jeez, real mouthful. Say that again. Priecīgus Ziemassvētkus. It's a lot easier to say you fucked up. Is it? Funner, yeah. Hey, so, Yanni. Pietsy Museum Svats. That sounds like a phenomenal trip. I'm yeah. glad you guys are going back. I'll bring you another report in uh, July. Glad you're going back. Yeah, should be good. Thank you, man. The uh, International Latvian Song and Dance Festival is going on. It's every five years, <laughs> and it's going on this, this upcoming You're going to make it. Yeah, we'll be there for part of it. People say it's weird because... Like that camp that I used to hang out with in Michigan called Gadazers, where there's, you know, 2,000 Latvians some weekends all hanging out. When you go to the International Song and Dance Festival and you're in Riga, Latvia, you might as well be at this camp in Michigan because you're like, hey, it's Steve. Hey, it's Brody. Like, you know everybody that's just walking down the streets of because everybody goes to it. I've got never it, been, but it. yeah. Should Are you going to participate? You know, I decided not to because I think it would just take too much time. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of practice in, involved. Like, you got to be there for days ahead of time if you want to participate in the 30,000-person choir. Wow. Which Jeez. I've heard, what's that sound like? I've heard man? it's amazing. Hear that, awesome. hear that from the moon, yeah, man. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. There's plenty of videos of it. But I got uh, a qu- I got a trivia question for you. Okay. What was the loudest sound ever heard by man? My brother walking behind me, deer hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Hayden. Good one. The loudest sound ever heard by man. They think it was the eruption of Krakatoa. Oh, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. yeah. Loudest yeah. sound ever heard by man. Is that why my ears are ringing right now? Yeah. Turn it off, Bill. Let's end on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dreaming of some dark limits Like in the spots I used to know Where blue wings whistle Through spreads like missiles And mallards came in with the snow Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the Decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to deck.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping. Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological 
damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order. 